Episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on June the 12th, 2019. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, a Sunday driver. Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we are going to be discussing all of the happenings from E3 2019. We'll be giving some general thoughts and going conference by conference. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective conference, in this case, as opposed to topic. So, well, wouldn't they still be topics? I guess so. I guess so. Um, and because it's E3, we won't be doing Community Corner. I guess we could peruse. I saw there was some stuff in the Discord we could maybe generally bring up uh, at the end. Yeah, Jim was at uh, at E3, and uh, he flipped off the Fortnite group, uh, booth. Indeed, as he I should have. Of. Well, and I said that, he climbed uh, a rock wall too. Yeah, got a T-shirt. Yeah, I guess they don't have to print those in the larger sizes. That's one <laughs> way to save money. Yeah, my fat ass wouldn't be going up that rock wall. Uh, not without a rocket. Same here. But yeah. uh, it's my fat crippled ass. I'd have to be a pair of tits and a stake at the top to get me up there. <laughs> um. Anyways, hello, Rage. Uh, hello. So we're recording a day... And an hour sh- late at this point. Well, uh, to be fair, you know, uh, it's usually an hour late when we start anyway. So a day late because someone caught the cr- uh, con crud. I did, even though I didn't go. I don't, I, I will spare you and the listeners the details of my bodily misfunctions, but I was not in good shape yesterday. Uh, also I known not... as, uh, you know, every day. Yeah. I uh, see what you did there. I uh, didn't sleep hardly at all Monday night um, and then was very sick Tuesday morning and I didn't go to work and then I called off recording just so I can make sure I was at least some better and I'm still a little ill, but I went to work. Yeah, today. you sound it. Yeah, you're really nasally. That's just my normal voice, buddy. And you think after three, four years that we've been friends, you would recognize that by now. I was making I'm a feeling joke. sad. I'm feeling sad. I know you're making a joke. I was also trying to make a joke, but it didn't land. It just sounded like I was being a dick. So honestly, though, that's not really different from how I usually sound. So I'll just chalk that up to normal. Yeah, so a nasally dick. Got it. Yep. Wink. Like my pants just like sparkled. Well, I'm not wearing pants, but you know what I mean. Well, my uh, character in uh, Forza, he has some uh, golden uh, sh- uh, hot pants if you want them. <laughs> nice. And then that's what we spent uh, another 30 minutes talking about because, you know, we both like video games. We had like a sort of weird well, we impromptu like games? game-ish club. Uh, we'll be talking about Microsoft PC Xbox Game Pass thingy and their conference shortly, but both of us are partaking and have been playing Forza Horizon 4. We both like and, it. And, and me, a couple other things, but... I haven't had time to get to anything else yet, but I've got like seven games downloaded, so... Although one of them is not working, I've tried to play Mutant Year Zero a couple of times now, and it won't launch, and I uninstalled it and went to reinstall it, and every time I try to do that, it just says error. 
and I haven't tried to figure out what's wrong yet. Other than an error. Well, obviously. I mean, I mean, it's right there. You know, it's on the 10. Indeed. So, E3 2019. Um, this year, we're doing things differently than we've done in the past. The last two years? Or have we done E3 three years now? Yes. This is year three. So, the last two years, we basically went line item by line item for each of the conferences. Um or at least the most interesting stuff, which with like, I think nine conferences the past couple of years, there's been plenty of things to go through conference by conference this year, as we have discussed a couple of times previously on the show, uh, EA and Sony both did not do E3 anything. EA had a thing before E3 started on Saturday. Yeah. They basically said, just did their EA love. And we said, fuck it. And Sony I'm not didn't watching participate. nine hours of EA. Yeah, neither am I. And Sony didn't participate at all. And then Nintendo, we did not cover this year because we're not, we don't have anything to do with Nintendo, really. Well, also, uh, I, kind of our rule has been uh, press conferences only because a couple of years ago they did uh, a pseudo, you know, stream, but. Uh, this year it was uh, a lot longer and a lot more involved, and they did announce some interesting things, but mm, I didn't um, even watch it. Uh, they announced uh, Breath of the Wild two. Electric really Boogaloo. I haven't played Breath of the Wild one, and I don't think I would like it anyways. Nothing at Zelda games or anything, but just there were a lot of small things with that game that I think would add up to annoy me, like the weapons breaking and the weird food crafting system. Huh. Uh, how about that? You disliking food. I know. It doesn't happen very often, but it does sometimes. Unless there's coconut involved. Yeah, I don't like coconut. Tastes too much like soap. I like coconut oil. That's good stuff. Nope. But I don't like coconut. Anything else coconut. But anyways, so things are a little bit different this year. Basically, we're just going to be going through and hitting the highlights on each of the, the conferences that premiered during the, well, the conference time. So the conferences um, during the conference time. Yeah, the conferences, the keynotes during the conference time. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Microsoft, Bethesda, Devolver Digital, doing the PC gaming show, Ubisoft and Square Enix in that order. That's the order that they aired. Um, but before we do that, uh, any sort of opening general thoughts? We'll we'll take some time to sum up our feelings on the whole. Oh, thing well, I had the, the end, worst but... luck this year. Uh, okay. Because. I had my connection uh, go down. I had my connection go sluggish. I had actually had a brownout during one of the conferences. And I typically watch these live. So I, it was just, you know, everything conspiring to make things more annoying uh, than usual. Yeah. Uh, which uh, maybe I should just watch them tape because, you know, there is a lot that you can skip on these. But at the same time, you know, I you know, like to be able to, uh, you know, uh, maybe you get a couple followers on Twitter and just, you know, uh, air bullshit on uh, Twitter, you know, make up for all the months that I don't tweet anything about you know, mass tweeting in, uh, uh, in June, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I typically don't watch them live just because of work and things. So, um, you know, that didn't really change this year, but I had a very good fun time watching them, even though in general, I was fairly bored by them this year. Uh, spoiler alert for most of what's going to come up. 
But, um, you know, in my office, I've now got my TV mounted on the wall and my recliner. And I just kicked back in my recliner uh, and watched in very in a very comfortable way. So I still had a good time watching them, even though generally I was not enthused by a lot of them. Well, I did have a more comfortable chair this year, and I do have my usual multi-monitor setup, so. Mm. Yeah. That would have been would have been okay, too. I mean, if I'd sat over here at my desk. My desk chair is, is pretty nice and comfy, and multiple monitors means I could be doing other stuff, too. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kick back in the recliner, turn the AC on, and uh, watch them on my TV. That's nice. Worked out well. But I don't really think I have anything else general to, I guess, talk about before we start going into the conferences. Uh, yeah, not, if not I start talking generalities. Me. Yeah, not going into a particular conferences. It was just more, you know, everything conspiring against me actually watching these live. I only watched two out of the five completely. Yeah. Even had my neighbors uh, knocking at one point, which is a little bit of an unusual uh, thing going on. Asking about the internet? Uh, actually, no, this was uh, a completely different one. Uh, neighbor from across the hall uh, had a ham bone and a couple of slices of ham for me. And hey, you forgot the uh, So I got some ham uh, during the Microsoft conference. <laughs> nice. Man, I have to go. had to go back and watch the Battletoads trailer, but uh, it was worth it. Meh. I'm, I'm, I'm Battletoads. I miss Battletoads completely. So not in the, the conferences here, but I mean, like in general, like I've never played Battletoads. So I didn't really care when they showed it. Oh, see, it's too old for you. Probably. It was a, it was an original NES game. And also get off my lawn. <laughs> Alrighty. See so first up, uh, first up, the best of uh, uh, conference EA ever did none. So moving right along. Yep. The first conference of the uh, actual actually, year. <laughs> yeah, first conference of the year is the Microsoft conference. The only one of the the big three to do like a, a conference conference. Yeah. Since yeah, Sony didn't big. bother to play, and Nintendo always does their weird like special direct. The Nintendo or, does Nintendo things. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about the Microsoft conference this year? <sighs> Good, bad, and different? It wasn't bad. There was uh, uh, some definite highlights. I mean, the Keanu Reeves coming out, I think, uh, is all over the internet right now. Yes. Oh, my God. There's been so much Keanu Reeves stuff I've seen since then. Not just about his cyberpunk uh, on stage reveal. Just how wholesome he was. Yeah, Keanu Reeves think, is a great dude. I think that's why everybody's uh, so latched onto this. Not just beyond, beyond, because of Keanu Reeves, but because he was so wholesome about it. In the middle of this bullshit shitstorm, we have this one genuine moment. Last year, yeah. it, it was last year, right? Uh, that Dragon Cancer uh, during the uh, PC uh, Game Awards, or sorry, the, the Game Awards show. A, couple, uh, a year ago, two years ago, something it was, like that. Yeah, I was either the last year or the year before. I don't remember exactly, but it's been the last couple but, of but years. But you know what I'm talking about, that yeah. one genuine moment. Well, that uh, Keanu Reeves was E3s this year. Yeah. What was it that guy yells at him? Like, you're lovely or yeah, whatever? Bro, He's like, yeah. no, you are. Yeah, 
some guy because in the audience. Uh, yeah, and supposedly Keanu Reeves was completely ill-prepared just how well he received he was going to be. Yeah. He was so, like, happy. And so happy after <laughs> the fact. Like, I've seen him, like, talk about it uh, from some people that interviewed him. But um, I guess that was one of the biggest things for the Microsoft conference. Like, so um, my general thoughts on the Microsoft conference was there was a lot of stuff that I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, uh, especially on their, yeah, especially on their line item, you know, game by game uh, thing. Uh, but yeah. I, I think uh, Microsoft is kind of ahead for me just because of that one genuine moment and, uh, you know, some info about their next console coming out as well. Not a very detailed stuff yet, but it felt like they were a lot more streamlined than anything else. I feel like they came ready to play this year. Like, even though I don't think that they were really like, oh my God, amazing. Like everything they had was like solid all the way through. And they had a couple mm-hmm. of, of good moments besides just Keanu Reeves and a couple of things that really interested me. Um, but I, I felt like they were just like, you know what? We're here. We don't have any competition this year. It's our year to like lose it. So we're just not going to do that. And instead, we're just going to give a solid show. And they had, what was it, 30-something games? Yeah, 30-something games. About? Yeah, and a lot of uh, actually good-looking games as well. I think that's the other thing. I think yeah. uh, I think Microsoft, outside of just the PC game show, which was you know solely games-focused obvi- for obvious reasons, had the most games announced uh, or slash shown because there was a couple that was you know uh, updates like uh, the Forza Four was uh, showing off the Lego expansion. Yeah, um, which I showed my kid the trailer for that, and he wants to play Lego. Uh, Lego Off Road Racing is what he calls it. That's what he calls Forza Off Road Racing because mm-hmm. you can just drive off the road. He thinks uh, it's so cool to be like, yeah, "Daddy, just see. drive off the road," and we can. Yeah, like uh, Ninja Theory's Bleeding Edge, a four before competitive game. Yeah, fairly decent looking. Uh, more info on Cyberpunk uh, twenty seventy seven, which you know had Keanu Reeves. Uh, I have to say that the gameplay for that them bleeping on the cuss words kind of really took me out of it. Yeah, it did me too. But I mean, they did that uh, with some of the stuff they've been showing for Cyberpunk, like throughout the the last year. Whenever you watch it somewhere, it'll have stuff bleeped and potentially blurred out, but then you go watch it directly from them. And it's not like that. So, I mean, I get why they did it, but it's, you know, it still sucks. Yeah. That guy would have lived if they didn't take the time to bleep. <laughs> it's like, I'm an adult. Damn it. Um, let's talk about some of the, some of the things that stood out to us. Cause you know, like, like we did, or like I said earlier, the way we're doing this is kind of, we're going to highlight discuss generally and then and then talk about the things that stood out to us the most so what did what did you have as as well, things yeah i think the big standout moment is obviously keanu reeves i mean that you know kind of has to go without saying doesn't it yeah he's, i think the other top moment yeah i think really the other standout thing uh is starting to trickle out some info about the cons uh, about their uh next console scarlet and uh, I kind of in conjunction with that, the update on the Elite Controller. So it makes me wonder if the Elite Controller is kind of beta testing some improvements that we may see in the next version of the Xbox Controller. Maybe I don't. Own I mean, not. I mean, not. Controller. I mean, not full on like uh, the new version. It's going to have a built-in battery pack uh, with a uh, with a charging dock. Yeah. 
uh, has built-in memory for uh, saving uh, various profiles, uh, updated uh, way to uh, control the tension on the sticks. So I think a lot of that is, if not testing new t uh, technology for the next controller, seeing you know what the sweet spot is, you know. Yeah. I don't own Elite Controller, but I've used one before and have got to tweak some of that stuff. And the the previous iterations of it have all been excellent. Like, I've never... I don't use a controller enough to fork over the hundred and something bucks it costs to, to buy one. I don't remember what the exact cost is. But if I use controllers more, I'd buy one in a heartbeat. They're solid, solid yeah, uh, I just use input a, devices. I use a PlayStation 4 controller that's emulated to be a 360 controller. <laughs> Yeah. Um, since you you brought it up, uh, Scarlet, the new the code name for the new Xbox. What did you? I mean, it was just kind of some very basic uh, sort of PR speak. But what did yeah, you? A lot of this about? is well, uh, reduced load time. So an SSD. Wow. <laughs> uh, in a gaming focused console, holy shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're going to be using. What did they say? GDDR6? Yeah. And they've got another AMD custom chipset, which really there was no information given unless something was released afterwards that I haven't a seen. A custom design Zen 2. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be That's using... supposedly four times more powerful than the Xbox One X. Which an Xbox One X, I think comparatively, is about the same as a mid-range gaming PC. If I remember its specs correctly, I'm not going to go look them up, but I was, no, it wasn't because it was still less powerful than my PC. Yeah, I think there's like a mid-range gaming PC. I think the uh, most uh, important takeaway from this, uh, from all the Scarlet stuff was, was one line that they gave. Never seen before frame rates. And I put the little editorial note outside of PC. So, are they actually going to go beyond 30 FPS and they're targeting 60 or well, maybe even 120? The Scorpion, they said in the thing they were talking, they said frame rates, variable frame rate up to 120 frames per second. One of the people said that when the, in the, the reveal. Yeah, which, yeah, variable frame rate could be a little iffy. Yeah, but if they're saying, because with the, the, the PS4 Pro and the Scorpion, not all games do this, but a lot of games offer you like two or three different modes to play the game on. You can play like a performance mode, which gives you higher frame rate and higher uh, resolution. And then there's like a, a, a visual fidelity mode that like cranks up the graphics options and turns it down. And then I think there's like a balance mode for some games. I mean, it, it you know, that is, a, you know, exists with modern consoles. So they could be that they're going to do that and they might set a new target. I mean, I would love it if they set their new baseline at 60 and then made it 120 as a potential target for like a, a performance mode or something like that. And they also brought up the SSD being virtual RAM, which uh, after hearing them talk about that, I had to think about that some more. And it made me uh, remember something that the, at least the current consoles, uh, the RAM in the console it's not a dedicated pool of RAM. It's split between the CPU and uh, the video card or video chip, I guess I should say. Yeah. So uh, I think that kind of ties into the variable frame rate. So 
if you have a more beautiful game, they'll be able to tap into the SSD and be able to pull more RAM than what uh, they otherwise could. So essentially yeah. RAM caching. Yeah, I was going to say, I was really like, I was befuddled by that. And then we had a quick discussion. You were like, well, what if it's caching? And I'm like, oh, I didn't think about caching. Just because it's like, I don't know, I'm so, just so uh, used to yeah, how... Sorry. It's a, you know, a basic uh, PC thing. Yeah. But then but again, I, you could say that for a lot of uh, uh, console things. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we... It, I'm, I'm genuinely not trying to sound like smug about this. Like, I'm glad that consoles are finally catching up to PC performance again because there was one point in history when consoles were as powerful or potentially more powerful than a PC just because the dedicated hardware yeah then the consoles went through a 10 year uh, 10 year uh, generation cycle yeah um so you know I, I I'm glad to see console gaming catching up to PC gaming in terms of potential fidelity and frame rate so that makes me happy the the one thing that I was a bit confused about, but I know they have to do some future proofing, is they were talking about 8K. And I'm like, 4K displays are not even widespread yet. Why the hell are you going for 8K? But, you know, some of that's future proofing, and some yeah, of that is just like... Yeah, a what-if scenario. Yeah. Because they don't want to uh, basically uh, be GameCubed, where, uh, or do you even know what I'm talking about there? Where uh, GameCube, they... Uh, didn't put a DVD drive in. Yeah, and they used the mini discs instead, and then they ran into issues. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, and they lost a lot of market share because people were using the PlayStation Two and the Xbox for essentially DVD players because for a while they were the cheapest option. Uh, same with the PlayStation Four when Blu-rays became yeah more widespread. For quite a while, the PlayStation Four was the cheapest slash best. Uh, blu-ray player you could get yeah i actually bought a ps3 for that at one point like it was like a used ps3 or ps3 sorry yeah i mean now you get a blu-ray player for like i don't know 50 bucks but at one point in time they were way more expensive than that yeah but anyways yeah so there there's there's all of that and Um, they've already said that it's going to have a disk drive yeah, uh, so they're not going full Xbox sad yet. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm looking forward to its release just so that I can, you know, see. No, I doubt I'll uh, buy you're, one. You're, you're looking forward to its release because of what they announced that's going to be available for release. Oh, uh, the next Halo game. Yeah, yeah, yeah Halo with the, Infinite with or the Halo most unlu- yeah, uh, Halo Infinite with the most unlucky. Uh, well, Space Janitor outside of Isaac from the Dead Space series, it seems. Yeah. The the trailer for Halo Imminent, there's like this guy who's dying and freezing to death. Well, we're trying not to. And then he yeah. finds the Master Chief and he's like, aha, I'm saved. And he's like, yeah, and he just gets dead. <laughs> and that dude's like, and Master Chief is like, no, we've got to fight. And he runs off and he leaves the guy. And it's like, that dude just like used the rest of his power in his batteries. To, to turn you back on, Chief. You yeah, you to, reboot your, uh, to reboot your suit, essentially. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that. that it makes a lot more sense in story because there's a shattered halo and everything. And yeah, I have I no idea. I actually don't know what's up with that. Something might have happened in some DLC or something I haven't played. I'll have to play catch up, but... Yeah, go read the novels. Yeah. Or play the DLC for Halo Wars 2. Mm-hmm. 
because it deals with some of the stuff that happens after Halo 5. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I hope it's going to come to PC at this point. Like I have, yeah. I have high hopes that it's going to. I mean, you know, we've already known for a while this year that the Halo Master Chief Collection is coming to PC. And they announced before E3, but sort of cleared up some of the details on their PC Game Pass which is the same as the Xbox Game Pass, except on PC. And I, there's some differences in games on it. But that's how you and I both have been playing Forza. The, it's yeah, currently a dollar. I was going to bring that up. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the, P, uh, the Xbox PC Game Pass, which is confusing. <laughs> yeah, but it's got 103 games on it right now. There's some good stuff. A lot of uh, Xbox yeah, there is, exclusives. Yeah, yeah, there's some really good stuff. There is some crossover between the free stuff that you get with Twitch Prime. Uh, some of the uh, humble bundle stuff, either through monthly or uh, just the stuff that they're giving away there. But there's a lot of first party stuff that is yeah, not really been available on PC outside of just the Windows Game Store. Yeah, and even some of these things, not at all. Because um, like, I'm just looking real quick. Mm, I guess they have been putting more stuff on the Windows Game Store. I'm not 100% sure what is or isn't on there, but... Yeah, I'm purposely not fired it up because I didn't like the Windows Game Store. Yeah, I don't don't either. But, I mean, there's, you know, like I said, there was 103 games on there right now. We've both been playing Forza 4. Yeah, I've also been playing some Opus Magnum, which is a puzzle game from Zatronics on there. I've got a half a dozen half a dozen games downloaded right now. It's not without faults for some reason. Uh, Mutant Year Zero just keeps saying error every time I try and play it or uninstall it and re-download it. Um, yeah, I'll have to try that to see if I get it as well. But you know, I, I mean, it's it's a dollar for the first month during E3. I don't know when that promotion ends, and then it's five dollars a month after that. Which five bucks a month for access to 103 games? I mean, that's that's a damn good deal, and we'll be talking yeah. about you know, a subscription subscriptions a little bit later as well. But I would say the Xbox uh, subscription is definitely worth it right now. Yeah, yeah. even if you don't get the dollar uh, pass. Uh, if it, if they bump it up to ten, that's when it's going to start to be a little bit of a tougher sale for me, just because it has a you know, a decent amount of crossover. Yeah. I think I would stick it out for 10 for a while as long as the games continue to be good, which I, I do like quite a few of the Microsoft first party franchises. So if they more of them continue to be added on, which they've said they will be, then I'd probably stick around for that. But we'll see. I mean, anything could happen or change, but I mean, I'll be on it for as long as it's five bucks. Easy. Like I'm sold. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be sticking with it for the five um buck range at, at the very least the only other really notable thing that stood out to me but from the microsoft conference as a said from what we already talked about is the minecraft dungeons yeah i was going to say they had their minecraft thing and it was an arpg this year yeah. i have to say outside of the skin it looked pretty bog standard it didn't feel like minecraft or you know anything that really sets it apart from essentially diablo with a minecraft skin i'm not sure if they're going to try to do something that makes it more minecrafty or what i mean that was just weird yeah i could get behind it as a cute novelty for a little bit of time but i'm not a huge fan of arpgs anyways 
I, I so like my ARPGs. To... That's why it felt so bog standard to me is that it didn't have anything that really stood out. Yeah. It just felt like uh, it's Minecraft ARPG. Okay, well, Minecraft is all about, you know, the creativity and, you know, doing your own thing. So how is this going to be an ARPG with that mindset? And and nothing in the trailer really stood out to me for it. If it comes, to, I, if it comes to the Game Pass, I'll try it. What I think would be neat, and I mean, they didn't announce this at all, but I think it would be neat if you could, in Minecraft, build dungeons and then upload them to Minecraft dungeons and then play them or, like, share them. I think that would be pretty cool and a good way to integrate it. I could imagine them not doing that, but you know, they didn't mention that. So, but yeah, other than a, that, yeah, oh, yeah that would actually uh, work out fairly well. Or uh, there's some sort of, uh, I hate using the term for uh, night, like a uh, quick build mechanic going on, but yeah, that's the, the game that has the quick build right now, but you know, yeah. something like that, that would make it more Minecraft ish. Yeah. But yeah, Minecraft ARPG that that was uh, that was a combination I was expecting. I would think platform would uh, would have been a lot more likely than you know that. But no. I'm not going to write it off completely. Um, let's see, Battletoads is back, uh, a shaded version of it. Uh, I do have to say that I like the Saturday morning feel of it, and hey, it has three player couch co op. So there is that. What? Uh, uh, Couch Co-op is uh, kind of a rarity these days. You don't see it too often. Uh, Oh, Double Fine is an Xbox studio now. Yep, and they're releasing Psychonauts 2. Uh, Well, we knew they were releasing Psychonauts 2, but now we know that they're not going to run out of money uh, to do so. Yeah, that's fair. So Um, it won't be a space-based situation, which is still bullshit. Um, the weirdest thing for me that came out of the Microsoft conference was the Blair Witch game. Yeah, like, that, I, I yeah, saw that. Tom Loop game? Yeah, I saw that and I was like, is this a Blair Witch thing? And I wasn't then, sure like, what know, to uh, yeah, mark it as because it, uh, to me, because I'm not a horror fan, uh, a lot of horror looks the same to me. Yeah. I'm also not a horror fan. I just happen to know Blair Witch a little bit better from a lot of the film stuff that I listen to and watch because Blair Witch is like an important touch point in, in horror uh, film history. So it gets talked about and used as like a comparison point a lot. So I'm familiar with it, I guess by osmosis, but I just thought it was weird. Like, I don't know how they're going to turn that into a, a good game, but Hey, maybe it will be. Uh, one, well, there's two other ones to, to take note of, uh, of uh, uh, RPG Tom Legend of Right looked really interesting. Uh, do you recall that one? That was all the hand drawn stuff in a giant book. Oh yeah, that was neat. It had slipped my mind. Yeah, but it I, looks I, so Nintendo ish, doesn't it? It Basically, does. I, at first, I thought it was to be. Yeah, at first, I thought it was going to be a partnership with the Nintendo thing because Microsoft and Nintendo have partnered up on some stuff in the last year or so, uh, and then you know it wasn't. But it, it looked really neat. Yeah, this is why I go line item by line item because I could go back and look at these. Uh, but yeah, it's really charming and has a, some interesting, uh, almost 
imagine a nation driven uh, uh gameplay mechanics you're pushing around erasers giant, around this giant book and a lot of hand drawn low frame rate animation that looks uh really interesting and i have to say that also uh, just the lack of applause for Wasteland 3 was uh, pretty noteworthy to me. Just that, you know, it seemed like nobody in the audience really cared when they went absolutely batshit about DLC. Yeah. So it was Wasteland... more of... oh, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Wasteland is is a game that I have wanted to get into for a long time, and I've never really tried or never really gotten past the initial bit, but seeing that that one was in... Col- or Wasteland 3 is going to be set in Colorado... I was like, okay, just because, you know, my in-laws live in Colorado. I was like, okay, well, that, you know, maybe go I should actually really play Wasteland too. <laughs> yeah, go shoot my in-laws. And that was really about it. I mean, a couple yeah. of things here or there, you know, uh, uh, essentially a Lego-esque uh, thing from uh, Funko Pop with Gears of War was interesting. Gears, I think it's called Gears Pop. Yeah, Gears Pop. Um. I think they they announced that last year, but it was just like a tease. We didn't know anything about it, and it's a mobile, yeah, sort of like tower defense or yeah, lane pusher is what I put it down as. Thing. I put it down as lane pusher, but you know, yeah, you know, uh, I'm a little concerned about monetization with the mobile aspect of it. Yeah, but, but yeah, but you know, like I said at the beginning, like the Microsoft conference had a lot of stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's neat, that's solid, that's interesting. No one. Well, not no one. There were a few things. But very few things really stood out to me. But I think the you know the, what I took away from it was like, wow, there's all this stuff that I'm kind of interested in, and most of it or a lot of it is now on PC thanks to their Game Pass. Sweet, yeah. I'm in for Game Pass. So they they sold me on that. Yeah, I mean they didn't really talk about Game Pass all that much on there, which was a little bit shocking. They uh, they so talked about they uh, talked about it a little bit, but not much. Yeah, and then they talked about their Ultimate Pass, which is Xbox Game Pass, PC Game Pass, and Xbox Live Gold for like 15 bucks a month. Yeah, which is still a hell of a deal. Yeah. And we'll get to another uh, group that uh, had the same idea, but at uh, the wrong time, it seems. Yeah, because so, with, yeah. with Gold, you do get discounts on anything you buy. Well, same much. with the PC uh, Pass. If you, uh... you... Yeah, but with Gold, you get like special Gold discounts on stuff. And then also you get their games with gold, which is like their air quotes free games. They give you every month. It's four games that you get to keep like forever. Yeah. Air quotes forever. Like they don't go away when you don't have gold anymore. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at some point, I'm sure they won't be compatible with future devices. Yeah. But with the Xbox uh, coming to PC more, who knows, right? Yeah. So... Uh, any final thoughts on Microsoft or move along? Uh, no, I think we're good to move along. So Bethesda. Bethesda was just sad. It was sad. Uh, Bethesda. Uh, sad Bethesda, it feels like kicking a puppy that can't help but constantly shit itself and then roll around in it. <laughs> yeah. Bethesda only had a handful of things that they, uh, blah, a handful of things that they announced. Um, they're turning Fallout 76 into <laughs> a game? Question mark? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, okay, we'll jump to that. So they had two major things from Fallout 76. One was their 
uh, expansion that I, I'm pretty sure was a, a free expansion as well. Uh, that their, their big thing was human NPCs, dialogue choices. And it's like, the fact that this is uh, highlights for a Fallout game expansion is ridiculous. I should tell you just how utterly bare bones Fallout 76 launched in. Yeah. Bethesda had the Woo Girls out again, too. Yeah. Yeah. The, Actually, yeah. it was a dude this year that was like fucking hyped for everything. Yeah. Was there like a three drink minimum to be in the broadcast invert, uh, uh, section of the crowd? There must have been. I'm. They definitely paid people. They definitely. Paid oh, yeah. People. They tried really hard to humanize themselves between that and bring in like their, the entire fan base of Fallout 76, uh, including one. A girl that was dressed as a Batman villain for some reason. Which one was was she? Uh, the system analyst. She, she's the only one that stuck out to me. All the other ones were kind of bog standard, but she had like a shadow that went down to halfway to her ear. Oh, I just thought of her in my head as goth girl. Yeah, I went Batman villain. That's fair. Because Gotham. honestly, uh, <laughs> Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the goth girls I knew, they would not be caught dead in that. They wait. They would not be caught undead in that. But yeah, yeah but they, they tried really, really hard to you know, deflect any criticism because hey, we have fans. Look, yeah, they didn't sell me on any of that stuff. <laughs> I mean, Bethesda's conference was just fucking sad all around. They had nothing that was interesting to me. The, the, the one highlight they had was Doom Eternal and. They're publishing that. It's not even their own game. Yeah. The uh, the cinematic trailer for the Elder Scrolls Online update was really cool, but I've played Elder Scrolls Online. That game does not play anything like that at all. I had no idea what the hell was going on in that. That was the one with all the lore, right? That was the one where they were fighting the dragon. Yeah, because remember they wanted dragons and everything. Yeah, there was that dude who was like, put dragons and everything. No, do not put dragons in anything. Or everything, because that didn't work with the undead and oblivion. It got old. And besides, Bethesda's proven that they can't do dragons unless they make them fly backwards. Very cool reversing dragons. Um, They're bringing the blades to switch, or Elder Scrolls blades to switch, which... Uh, A switchblade. Ah, switchblade. (laughs) The Commander Keen thing was really annoying. I just found myself getting annoyed at that. Is that like me being an old man? Yes. Commander Keen was before my time, but I've played Commander Keen. It was See, I never got to play Commander Keen. Uh, it was one of the I... games that was in my computer lab in like middle school because it was a bunch of really old um, <laughs> like Apple IIs and things oh, like yeah. that. Uh, the Oregon Trail, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I've played Commander Keen, Oregon Trail, a few other you know classic PC games. So I just found myself getting really frustrated. If it wasn't a mobile title, I probably would be a little kinder to it but as soon as i saw it was a mobile game i'm like oh mobile title and what looks like to be some uh gotcha mechanics yeah based on the uh on how they had the card set up yeah and i'm just done with that just done with it (laughs) yeah you thought i was joking when i called it a gotcha game but look at those screenshots right yeah um uh i would say that the Intro to Rage 2's expansion was quirky and kind of fun, but honestly did not interest me in the slightest. Yeah, I like the fun video, but I don't really care 
about the game, so uh, well, so does most people. It's like a, it it struck a Borderlands tone with me, but like in a good way. I I did like the trailer for Death Loop. That looked kind of interesting. It reminded me a lot of uh, Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't There's know if you've sort ever of read... a split parallel story going on as well. Yeah, but I, I don't know if anyone out there has ever read the Dark Tower book or seen the more recent Dark Tower, Dark Tower movie adaptation. Book's way better than the movie, but you know you can get a, a kind of general gist for the the book from watching the movie. But it just like it really struck me with that kind of vibe, and I was like, okay, this is neat. But it was just a cinematic trailer, so we have no other information about it. Yeah, that's a, another thing. Well, that's more of an E three problem in general is that. Uh, you usually count the number of times you see actual gameplay on like one hand from a conference. Yeah. Um. And then I guess Doom is that the only thing left? I was kind of saving that yeah. for last. Well, they had their streaming thing that uh, some sort of streaming engine, which uh, the Orion streaming thing. But yeah. they went into a lot of technical jargon that kind of made my eyes gl- uh, glaze over, and. I got to be perfectly honest here. When Bethesda talks about doing a a game engine, it makes me a little worrisome about using it. (laughs) That's fair. Maybe maybe it's just me being a dick. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, there's just, uh, there's a couple, uh, oh, there's Wolfenstein. Yeah, but we've gotten a ton of information about Wolfenstein. Well, the two Wolfenstein games? Do what? Say it again. The two Wolfenstein games? Uh, haven't we seen stuff about about them, though? Like, uh, Was this the first time bit, reveal for uh, any of it? I could have swore that uh, all of that stuff had been premiered I, I already. Think, I think the VR game uh, was uh, premiere. So, hey, uh, there's something for Jim, right? <laughs> I guess. Maybe I, maybe I saw a leak about that at some point, but that wasn't new to me. Or, or at least I've never seen anything about it, but then again, I don't exactly follow Wolfenstein all that closely, so you know, it could be me. I'm not sure. But yeah, there was, a de- there was a definite mobile focus going on at Bethesda, which kind of put me off as well. I mean, they uh, highlighted uh, both Fallout Shelter and Elder Scrolls Legends and had Blades going to Switch, which I still consider that a mobile game, even if it's on a console. Yeah. I mean, I have some tolerance for timers in a video game. I mean, just look at Warframe, but Warframe also, it doesn't bring progression to a dead halt because you could go do other things. You're not going to go through three timers. And timers can be utilized to promote other content within a game or to enhance the experience in some uh, way. Yeah, with how Warframe does it is that uh, whenever you're building something, it has usually either a 12, 24, or, th- or uh, three-day timer, or tw- a 12-hour timer, a 24-hour timer, or a three-day timer. Uh, classes, uh, building a new Warframe is uh, usually a three-day timer, you know, with the parts being you know, like 12-hour timers before. It's so, you know, usually about three-and-a-half-day or so timer. But yeah. uh, it's more, you set it, and then you go do something else. Uh, weapons you uh, uh as you're building uh one you're going and uh, leveling up another one for something like elder scrolls blades progression comes to a dead stop yeah there's no way around it yeah eve online is basically timers spreadsheets and backstabbing but you know again there's so many things that you can do 
once you set the stuff that needs a timer mm-hmm. that you know it doesn't grind the game to a halt so yeah i just i'm mobile games can be good i have played several mobile games in the last year or so like actual genuinely good mobile games or just real games that happen to be on a a mobile platform and like sure guild of more engineering. Of yeah guild of engineering or my brain keeps wanting to say pandemic but it's not pandemic it's but it's the like where you play the disease uh uh plague ink mm-hmm. that's it plague ink um uh, motorsport manager galaxy trucker you must build a boat galactic front lines star realms like so it is possible to do a mobile game that's fun i mean to be fair i fair chunk of what I've named is uh, either free demo and then you pay you know a couple bucks to get in the full game or full game or pay uh, immediately yeah but I'm okay with paying money to have a mobile game as long as it's a good game I would rather do that I just I've, I've I'm fed up with bullshit timers in games anymore I don't have time in my life for that especially whenever they bring all progression to a dead stop uh, basically taking the uh, Clash Royale-esque uh, att- uh, approach to it, where if you don't, if you are playing while you have all your timers running, you're wasting time. Yeah. Well, you know, just like suck. we are uh, even uh, covering Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't a very good conference. Um, but Doom, we didn't really talk about Doom. Uh, well, I didn't really play the first, or I haven't played the first one, so... It's kind of lost on me outside of, hey, more Doom. It does look like more of the same, which is not a bad thing per se. But yeah. they're talking about uh, interdimensional and going to heaven, which is a little strange for Doom. Where yeah, are we going to be Doom's killing angels now? <laughs> what, what, have we gone full Dark Siders now? Are we going to be ripping the wings off of angels? Sounds great. I'm in. But I mean, yeah, Doom Eternal does look look like just more Doom, more in a sense like, hey, let's have some more, and also more as in like, hey, we're gonna go even more sort of wild and crazy with this stuff, and I'm okay with that. Like I, I've played the Doom, the first Doom remaster or re-release or whatever, um, and it's reboot? an extremely good game. Yeah, reboot. It's an extremely good game. So. You know, more of that, please. Sounds good. They were they were advertising too, like some like uh, player uh, modes or something. Yeah, the uh, yeah the, uh, an asymmetric uh, multiplayer called. Let me go through my notes. Scroll, 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 scroll. Uh, battle mode, uh, inventive. Uh, a two v one, two demons versus one slayer, with the demons also being able to uh, summon AI controlled demons. Uh, to yeah. uh, uh, fight against a single uh, slayer, it's interesting. There's a, a some definite concerns about balance, of course, because you know two v one. But at the same time, you know it's either that or you know you have slayer versus slayer, which honestly didn't sound like it worked all that well in the original, well, the original Doom, the original Doom remake. That. Uh, it felt like they were all gimped from everything that I heard. So this allows you to have the you know, a full-powered Doom guy versus uh, some really badass uh, demons, in theory. And also, I, the f- 
maybe it's just me, all right? Uh, and we'll get back to the multiplayer mode. But uh, I was looking at my notes, and they were talking about the uh, the collector's edition. And people cheering for a collector's edition in a Bethesda conference seems like a bad a bad time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that this is based off of a mod or one of the custom-created game modes. Because in... Uh, in in Doom One, an original remaster, whatever. Uh, there was 16. a they they had modding tools and map tools that you could get, and then also the game had some pretty sick customization stuff in there for creating uh, multiplayer game modes and custom maps and things. I think that this was like one of the most popular ones, and then they put it in kind of like how Halo did with Zombies mode. There's like a, a modded multiplayer game type, and they introduced it into the uh full game as an official mode well we saw a few games that were uh basically mods for various games that came in like uh what was it in the microsoft conference it was the ghost one that was essentially prop hunt yeah i forget the name of the of the ghost game yeah i'm I'm scrolling through something Uh, i want to i want to be sure to get this because it looked interesting, um, and I'm not seeing it on my list now. Of course, I'm not, right? Yeah. That figures, huh? I didn't take notes on that one, so it's okay, though. Think Ghostbusters plus Prop Hunt, and that's yeah, that's uh, the game. Uh, Midnight Ghost Hunt. I see it now. It actually wasn't in the Microsoft conference. It was in the PC gaming show conference. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, we saw a few games that were essentially uh, either Gary's mod uh, game modes or game uh, mods for various games that came in. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, one good example is the Night Ghost Hunt, which we'll get to in a little bit. Indeed. But I don't, I don't really have anything else to add about Bethesda. It was boring and stupid, and I skipped more of it than any of the other conferences together. Like just Well, there was that one joke that uh, Todd Howard uh, shouldn't have been making. Which one? Well, uh, okay, all of them, but uh, the joke about people still being there. Oh, yeah. Boo. Yeah, I shouldn't be making that joke. And also, he, he wants to make the post-apocalypse kinder and gentler. In Fallout 76, really? Yeah. I guess somebody's been, uh, you know, uh, not playing games based on the post-apocalypse. But then again, not, somehow doubt Todd Howard, you know, plays games in general. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder about that. How many, how much, how many games do these devs and CEOs uh, and whatnot actually play? How about we uh, talk about uh, you know, some devs that actually seem to get it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next conference on the list is Devolver Digital. So the, uh, the Devolver, what was it? Happy Fun <laughs> Conference or something? You know, uh, the same name that they've used a couple times. Yeah. Oh. Um, as far as their games go, like Devolver makes good games. I just typically am not into them. So from that perspective, like I wasn't super into this one. They had a couple of neat things. Yeah, um, uh, but uh, probably the most interesting. Uh, well, they, there's two that's really interesting from uh, the like five that they uh, announced. It was actually a pretty light year for Devolver, but Fall Guys 
looks essentially like Death Run uh, from uh, Gary's Mod. Only cuter, mixed with some Mario Party and maybe a little bit of Battle Royale. Or sort of like a most extreme elimination challenge. Yeah. I mean, assuming that it gets a player base behind it, which is going to be the difficult part, that could be a lot of fun or a good uh, you know, mass land party game. The the one game they had that really stuck out to me is Carrion. Yeah, which the is reverse, a, like, horror. reverse horror game. Yeah. Where you play the like creature monstery thingy that escaped and you're going through and destroying the facility and killing everyone. Like yeah, I, I uh, go ahead. I've discussed like when we've done like pitch a game and things a couple of times, and I've said this even just in general in conversation on the show, uh, and between the two of us in general, like I hate horror games, but I'm fascinated by the idea of playing the scary, you know, the, the, the horror monster. And I've pitched for a lot of game series like Batman, you know, where you play, uh, like in that case, like you would be the, the bad guys, um, making that into a horror game or playing a, a horror game where you're the monster. And there's probably other horror games that exist out there like that that I'm not aware of just because I'm not big in the horror genre. But seeing this, I was like, ooh, I want this. But anyways, that was that was the only game that really interests me. Um, Fall Guys looked kind of neat, but yeah, I'm not familiar with. Because, well, I, I played a bit of Death Run back in the day and and it had that sort of Japanese uh, uh, extreme reality game show going on about it. Oh, so uh, a good example, of, like in American TV, would be Ninja Warrior. You know, uh, the obstacle course that you have to uh, go through, and you know, it's a very slim chance that that somebody will get through. That sort of idea. Yeah. Or uh, uh, what's the more family oriented one? Splash something. That was on ABC for a while. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, essentially, it was, uh, you know, a bunch of just ridiculous obstacles over a lake. Yeah, and of course, my friend Pedro also, but it was an old trailer, but still looked really good. Yeah, it's essentially, side scroller De- uh, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. The Devolver bootleg thing was kind of neat. At first, I thought that was like a joke, and then it's like, oh no, this is a real thing. Um, but it's like. Uh, how many game, their games is it? Is it eight? Eight games that they have that they've made like um, oh yeah, the five versions of uh, air quotes. Yeah, yeah, the oh now I'm blanking on the name of it. And I'm gonna have to go find it on. It's an actual Steam release, by the way. Yeah, because got, they they did a link uh, that they were calling their gray market site that bounced back to Steam. Yeah. And it's currently 1% off. <laughs> but let's see. What, what games do you get? Enter the Gun Dungeon. The Devolver um, Bootleg. Enter the Gun Dungeon. Hotline Milwaukee. Ape Out Jr. Snooty Boots. Super Absolver Mini Turbo Fighting Championship. Two player only. Castlevania, Pikachu, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bu, uh, Ball Stars, and Lift Trousers. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cute. I mean, just 
I blow to first of all gray market sites again because they made a comment about it last year, I think, and then just the kind of just bullshit uh, uh, rip off uh, asset flip games as well. I mean, I doubt that they'll keep this up, but it was hilarious. <laughs> what do you and mean just to keep this up? Like keep doing stuff like this? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, keep this particular game up, the Devolver bootleg. I imagine that they'll delist it at some point, and the people that bought it will still get to keep it. I wouldn't be surprised if it actually goes away June 16th, which is when that 1% off promotion <laughs> ends. That would be that would be Devolver. I think that would be a very Devolver move. But um, that was just about everything. I think that... Well, like that and they, and they continued the storyline from oh, the yeah. previous two years. Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to finish talking about the, the game stuff and then talk about their presentation or <laughs> their, uh, essentially their short film at this point. Well, well, they uh, they also threw shade at uh, Nintendo <laughs> in doing it. Yeah, well, Nintendo and Sony, because Sony's been doing it too this year. Sony's done a few. Well, well, well like, you mean EA? Things. Uh, it was EA Direct. Uh, Sony didn't do anything, did no, they? Yeah, no, Sony's been doing direct stuff. Oh. Like, I assume that they were, like, you know, EA directly for E3, but Sony has copied the Nintendo Direct model and has been doing, I forget what they call them, but basically Sony Directs for the last <laughs> couple of months. It's just, you know, I'm not into anything Sony. So instead instead of the Nintendo Treehouse, it's the, you know, like the uh, Sony Pillow Fort or something. <laughs> Actually, that, that sounds really cute. I want to go to the Sony Pillow Fort. <laughs> But yeah, so that that's about it. Did you mention the Enter the Gun the Gungeon light gun yeah, cabinet? Enter, enter the Gungeon uh uh Enter the Gun Dead, which is a, a light gun arcade cabinet. Which sounds weird to uh, be releasing, but there's this resurgence of the arcade in the United States, but they're combining it with bars to make barcades. Yeah. Hey, one way to uh, get an arcade to be profitable, booze. Booze will make just about anything profitable. I mean, just look at this casino model, right? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah, winning too much? Here, have a free uh, cocktail. Uh, but, it actually free like, cocktails. But, but it actually looked like a fairly decent uh, light gun game, which, you know, that, that's something that you really can't do at home uh, outside of, you know, a Nintendo console because, you know, they are the one that... <laughs> has the hardware for it. But even then, you know, it's uh, you know, relying on gyroscopes and everything. It's not a proper light gun game like this. Yeah. So I think it's pretty neat. I mean, I'm not really interested. Like if I was ever somewhere and I saw it, I would check it out. But I assume it'll be like, you know, we were talking about Killer Queen before, which is a barcade sort of only type game. Like I, I'd imagine that it would be kind of like that. There'd be locations where you could go play it if you were interested. Um, maybe it'll come to Dave and Buster's. There's one of those in Atlanta. You could go down there and check it out. But anyways, um, yeah, that was pretty neat. But yeah, the actual conference that they did was amazing and <laughs> very entertaining, hilarious. Yeah. So last year, uh, now I'm blanking on the character that uh, killed her or nearly killed her. Well, I mean, it, they killed her, and then they did a whole RoboCop thing, and like. Mm -hmm made her a cyborg. I don't remember who it was who killed her either. 
oh, it was a character from one of their games, but I'm blanking on it now. Uh, but uh, they went through this whole Robocop sequence of, you know, trying to get her to work, but they couldn't because, you know, they're Devolver. <laughs> uh, they're game developers. They're not <laughs> in the business of making robots. So they decided to just use her brain as essentially a processor to run their Devolver Direct. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So the entire conference was in her brain. And she's like having a meltdown throughout this whole thing. Because uh, the marketing director uh, is constantly trying to upload various uh, protocols to her. You know, essentially RoboCop. Yeah. You know, first of all, they attack her ability to cuss. <laughs> yep, she can't swear. Well, no, she can, she can swear like occasionally, but she can't swear a lot. She says things like flim flam and, you know, whatever. And she's like, what is this flippity flop? <laughs> oh, it was, it was hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, but, and also allowed them to be a lot more gruesome. Like whenever they did carrying uh, the announcement for it, the guy just, you know, had a tentacle burst out of his chest and he blew up. <laughs> yeah. And they had like a guy in like a really shitty like bodysuit. <laughs> Which yeah, I mean, was, uh, yeah, was Japanese, perfect. Uh, yeah, Japanese uh, kaiju-esque, uh, like 1950s. <laughs> and she's like chastising him. She's like, what are you doing? The reveal's not for whatever. Like, why are you still here? Or why, why are you here now? And he's like, oh, sorry. My bad. She's like, yeah, you're bad. <laughs> and at the end. Yeah, uh, it went from RoboCop to Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're having some sort of time travel now. Apparently, I don't know. Terminator was a thing, though, this year. Like, there were several conferences yeah, were... that had Terminator stuff in it. Like, uh, one of the Ubisoft games had a Terminator in it. Um, yeah, uh, Gears of War has a pre-order bonus for Terminator stuff. Yeah, and then and then one of the Ubisoft games, I'm not a blank on which one, but had a, a Terminator tie-in as well. Yeah, I'm, uh, I must have skipped over that. Uh, because I don't have a note on the Terminator thing for there. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was, uh, uh, now did they call it or uh, did they already know? <laughs> I don't thing, know. Right? I don't know. It could have just been a coincidence. Like, you know, they're going from sort of eighties trope to eighties trope. And so they went from, went from RoboCop to Terminator. Almost maybe wish they went back to the future then. <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll get next year, is Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, because I remember the How It Should Have Ended, which was a, co- uh, a combination of Rebo- or, or sorry, uh, Terminator and Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. I love How It Should Have Ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, uh, kind of sad that we're talking more about the Evolvers, what uh, they did as their conference rather than their game more. But... Uh, I think that's this uh, kind of a running theme is that everything felt very light. This felt like an off year, and that's mostly due to both Sony not being there and Microsoft and Sony uh, kind of gearing up for next year's release of the of their new consoles. Yeah, and I imagine EA is going to be back uh, uh, in a major way next year as well, just because of the new consoles. We'll see. I mean, I they would definitely have a presence at the at the big conferences, but I don't know if they would if they're coming back. I mean, you I know, won't miss were... them, but it wouldn't surprise me if they came back for 
uh, the year that the consoles came back. Yeah. I wouldn't be I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, but I don't necessarily expect it at this point. But, I mean, I guess we'll see. But I mean, Devolver last the first year, it was like just really weird and kind of out of left field. But now that it's an established thing, like Devolver continuing to do this helps make them a really big uh, talking point. Yeah, you know, so it gives they, them something that stands out. To, they kind of solidly moved into the double A uh, space. Yeah, just uh, on notoriety, I should say, not uh, budget, but I mean, they have uh, the Shadow Warrior series going on. I mean, they published that. Yeah. I mean, Devolver has a pretty good stable now, so calling them a double A is probably not uh, too far off. It's just yeah. they're more noteworthy because they do their wacky shit. Their conference is, I think, satire at this point. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, it was satire the first year. It's just we didn't really get it because we didn't understand it, you know? Yeah, we didn't quite get where they were coming from. Although the first year, I, I think I might have said parody instead of satire. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, subtle difference, but there is a difference in parody and satire. I think, it, but I think it's satire yeah. now because I don't feel like they celebrate those practices. I feel like they take the piss out of them. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, at the moment that they went with the vulgar bootleg, I mean, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about Devolver. I mean, it was a fun show. Probably my favorite from a presentation standpoint. Yeah. But, you know, again... Yeah, I it feels really weird to uh, look forward to the story of a press conference. I know. It's cool, though. So, so moving right along. Indeed. The next conference is the PC Gaming Show. Powered by Epic Store. And boy, you can tell Epic really funded this one. It was way scaled back and hardly functional. Yeah. I like the, um, I still like the PC gaming show is one of my favorite ones. Cause they feel the most genuine when they, they could kind of, the developers come up there. They ask them some questions. They talk a little bit more. Yeah, it was a lot it more centric. Like, yeah. And it doesn't feel like they're reading a teleprompter. Like, you know, everyone else, you can pretty much always tell hell. Sometimes even in the shots, you can see the teleprompters that they're reading, mm-hmm. but you know, if they have that for the PC gaming show, they hide it a lot better, so it feels more genuine. Um, and yeah, they but, did fun little yeah, things. I'm kind of uh, telegraphs uh, questions a little too well, right? Yeah. I mean, they do still ask plenty of softball questions, but, you know, it feels much more genuine, like a, more like a, maybe like a TV talk show sort of thing. Like, hey, here's the game. Talk about yeah, it for a few minutes. If it was a TV talk show, they would still have their desk. That's fair. You're You're very hung up on the desk this year. <laughs> Or the uh, lack well, of desk. Well, it's more, you know, uh, you know, uh, they should have had something, right? Yeah. It, it, it was more, I think, indicative of just how skilled back it was, though, because they had like this fashion show walkway that they came out, and it looked like, you know, a quarter, a third of the people that they had last year. I mean, a, an extremely small audience. Yeah, it feels like it's been very streamlined. And I think that they, I, I think most of the audience, I mean, you know, there's proportionally way more people that watch this stuff online, but I think they probably have discovered that for the PC gaming show, most of the people watching it are going to be at home. And so they don't need to spend as much for a big presentation hall. Um, I mean, that's just my guess. I feel like it's pretty popular and with backing from Epic, like, you know, even though Epic sucks, they 
still would have given them like a shitload of money, I'm sure, to be the the, the main sponsor or whatever. So, um, I I can't I like some of the little bits that they did, and I can't remember this woman's real name because she looks so much like Madani from the Punisher TV series. I just keep thinking of her as Madani, but uh, who the 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 lady, the British lady? Oh, the uh, Frankie. Uh, yeah, Frankie. Curtis. Yeah. The co-host, uh, the, the one that uh, the one that uh, during Maneater had the shark, the shark onesie. costume on. Yeah, yeah, the shark onesie. I laughed so hard at that. I loved, I loved that. I love her. She's not as good as Aisha Taylor, but she's close. But you know, I like some of that stuff, and and having the two of them go back and forth gives them a good way mm-hmm. to hide the setup time for the next bit. Um, so it felt like that there was still a decent clip moving through the the conference. Um, there was a couple of, of the sort of blatant advertising sections that I didn't really like, but you yeah, know, uh, it yeah, could the, be worse. Uh, uh, the, what was it? The Samsung uh, curved display. I mean, yeah, which I was kind of interested in, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure why. Okay. No, the chair, the gamer chair. Oh, uh, uh, the chair. Although I like how it's like the best part of the, about the, the second being sponsored by whatever gaming chairs is that I get to sit down for this next segment. I'm like, okay, sure. I mean, it could be Maybe a that's lot why worse. they didn't have the desk because they had to ha- bring in the chair sponsor. Yeah. I guess I'm being a little nitpicky on that one. There's way worse things this conference could have done. There's way worse things other conferences have done. I mean, thankfully but- this one didn't have too many, uh, uh, Epic Game Store exclusives, but they did have some notable ones. I mean, Shenmue 3 has really pissed some people off. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second. But every time I saw something that was like Epic Store, I was like, oh no, is this still right. on Steam? Because there were quite a few games they brought up that I've had wishlisted on Steam before. Oh. Or like they did their little montage. And thankfully, everything that I was interested in was also on Steam, oh, what, at least uh, for now. What what's getting old to me is at the end of every trailer, I'm having to go look to see. Okay, does it have the Steam icon? Or yeah. does it have an icon for a store that I actually would, uh, uh, yeah, uh, patron uh, at some point? Same. Um, but anyways, what was the the thing you just said before? I was like, actually, before we do that, let me mention this. For uh, Shinmu three. Shinmu three, right? So uh, another three. Kickstarter game that's uh, gone back on promises and it's gone Epic Game Store exclusive and has uh, outright refused to do refunds. And hey, didn't they uh, do an announcement for the Kickstarter on the Sony stage? What was it, three years ago now? Yeah. Huh. Yep. They've now triple dipped. They have done Kickstarter. Uh... Sony and Epic. I was going to say, what did they do? Fig as well? I mean, no, I don't think so. Me. Maybe, but I don't think so. I was not interested in Shinmu really from the beginning. I had a, uh, a slight curiosity, mostly because people kept talking about it. You know, yeah, and not to and the, it, not the kept talking about it that annoyed me. And even when they went got in bed with Sony, I can kind of understand a game like Shinmu 3, like, yeah, I got like nine or $10 million on Kickstarter, but I like the game needs more money than that. So I can understand doing that one time a little bit, but now they've done it twice and it's just like, wow, guys. And essentially 
Epic isn't really paying for exclusivity anymore. They're more paying to keep games off Steam, but allows them everywhere else. Like a couple of the Epic Game Store exclusives are actually going to uh, the Xbox Store. And I'm blanking on which ones now. Uh, so I'm uh, uh, sound like an idiot bringing that up and not remembering which ones. But yeah, it's getting just egregious. Yeah. I think it's interesting you saying that actually. Metro Exodus. Yeah, Metro Exodus. That that was one of, uh, that's actually on the Game Pass, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Game Pass. So fuck you guys. Um Epic, that is. But yeah, I saw that. I was like, huh, that's interesting. I guess because it's on console, Microsoft can put it in their Game Pass and get away with it from a contracting perspective. And Microsoft like gave them a big, you know two middle fingers when they were like, we want players to have choice with where they get their games <laughs> on PC and put a bunch of their games on Steam. And then now they're, they've got their, their Game Pass thing. It's like shots fired. Microsoft is really pushing hard to get back into the PC gaming market. Yeah, which, they realized uh, that they've got a massive audience sitting there with so much market share on the Windows platform. Like, I wonder just what the install base is on the uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass now on PC. I don't know. Probably pretty I mean, high. I, I mean, I know it's going to be artificially inflated with the one dollar deal, but yep, like in two or three months, was the uh, yep uh, the install base on that going to be? It's I imagine it's going to be absolutely massive. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Shinmu three, uh, and the fact that uh, they still have the trailer on Steam talking about the 2019 release. <laughs> oh. So yeah. anything that so, really stood out here? I would say Evil Genius looked really interesting. Uh, or Evil Genius 2, I should say. Let me... Uh, I no, I that was hear... the first one that they showed. Uh, base builder... Uh, build, oh, base building game sequel. Looks like it retained a lot of the charm from the old game. If you never played Evil Genius, uh, you are an evil genius and you're trying to take over the world and do... Uh, essentially dr evil-esque uh, things like stealing monuments and you know just doing wacky shit but the base building aspect of it is really interesting where you set up these death traps and it r- really reward you with uh, being creative about it like bouncing uh, a secret agent that may stumble into your base through a bunch of uh uh, fans and cutting them up with lasers or feeding them to sharks with freaking laser beams on their heads that sort of thing but yeah. also, you have to be careful because your minions may also trigger the traps uh, if the, your fiber is going off. Oh, oops. That's my Star Wars RPG alarm, which gums through even when my phone's on silent because it's an alarm. Because tonight's supposed to be Star Wars RPG night. It's fine. I mean, we canceled. <laughs> uh, obviously. Uh, but. Uh, note. <laughs> I'm I'm good. Uh, but, Carry on. Uh, but the uh, uh, it, it reward you with uh, extra things if you uh, killed agents with style, but you also had to be careful because if you employed minions that were below a certain threshold of stupidity, you may, you know, accidentally kill a few of your uh, minions that may deplete your numbers in your base. And also you had uh, super agents that would come in and cause a lot of trouble that had very particular weaknesses and that was the only way to eliminate them. And it looks like yeah. this retains a lot of that charm. 
and they uh, showed in the trailer the same idea of you know a, a trap that is built around a uh, Rube Goldberg esque uh, complexity. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Evil Genius too. Yeah, um, I had a few games that I that I put on a list that really caught my eye in one way or another. Um, there was a decent amount of stuff that I was like, huh, that's interesting. Although several things that the PC gaming show had been shown uh, last year. Like, yeah, or yeah, it was more fleshed out this year or uh, is an expansion or a patch like uh, Warframe did a tease for their Tenocon uh, next month for their next major expansion. Um, there was one other MMO on here, I think, that did a some sort of uh, patch or something that uh, or Final Fantasy uh, did a big thing on the Square Enix thing. So, yeah, but um, so I'll just I'll just read them off here and we can talk about any that you feel interested enough in or that I feel interested enough in. But these were these are the ones that stuck out to me the most. Starmancer. That's uh, on mine. Okay, uh, uh, let's just go well, ahead there. Well, the moment that they uh, uttered the phrase Dwarf Fortress, that sends expectations up several notches. And Dwarf Fortress is a very, very hard game to follow because it's been in development for a decade now. (laughs) It's an extremely deep, complex, and rewarding experience. And the fact that you're putting it on Space Station, which is already a... a bit tougher to deal with. It's interesting to see what they're going to do with it. We've seen a fair number of space station games come out, but I don't think any of them have ever really shown. So maybe yeah. Star Mancer could do it. I don't know. Yeah, I, ho- I hope so. I, li- I really liked the look of this game and sort of the little yeah, story looked- they told in the trailer. Yeah, it looks about very how it's like kind of repeating cycle. Like they're working that into the game. It looks like from the trailer, like if you fail you like start over and the, the AI, which is you, uh, like you're playing the AI. Like mm-hmm. It's like, okay, maybe I can do better this time. And then it like starts over and it's like, hello, welcome to whatever you're. And it plays like through the intro again. And then the trailer ends. So I like that. I find that very intriguing. Yeah. Essentially trying to work. You know, it's fun to lose into the game loop itself, which could work. It's a, a very uh, tough thing to do, but if they do it, yeah. Plus, I'm a sucker for sci-fi stuff. So, yeah. And graphically, uh, go look at No Moria. It has about the same art style. Okay. Only that's you know fantasy with gnomes. Uh, one for me, and then we'll get back to your list. Uh, Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate was on mine too. I mean, the fact that Studio Lorien is at the helm is it tells me that at least gameplay is going to be on uh, par or yeah, spot on because they yeah. knocked it out of the park with the divinity original sin series. Yeah. Didn't care for some of their other stuff, you know, like dragon commander, but they usually have fun ideas, even if they don't, or, or you know, get executed all that. Well, they're interesting. They're unique. So yeah. The fact that they're at the helm of Baldur's gate. And from the sound of things, they really tightened up the story to video original sin too, that we're going to have to play at some point. Yeah. You know, devote a year or two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally like I, I played the first two Baldur's gates and I don't know if there were any sort of expansions or. Oh, oh, there was plenty of expansions. Right. Well, spinoffs, I guess is what I meant. I haven't played all the expansions for sure. 
But one issue that I've always had with with Baldur's Gate series has to do more with the, with the older versions of D and D, just because they, of how complex goes. they are. And they yeah, said that they were using fifth edition as the yeah, baseline, sure. which is a lot more sort of new player narrative friendly. So I'm hoping that some of the complexity is down a little bit, which some people might hate that. I understand. But, um, you know, I I'm, I'm, would like to engage with D&D stuff again. Uh, I've actually been considering trying to run a D&D campaign because no one in, in my local area seems to want to stick around for a, a Star Wars RPG campaign, which is fine. You know, I've got the one that I play with the people from our audience, but I, I want to have more RPG stuff in my life because I love writing RPG stories and campaigns and, and rolling with that stuff. So I think more people just know D&D and it's easier to get people involved in a fantasy setting. But anyways, I'm just excited from that. I've gotten more personally invested in Dungeons and Dragons in the last year because of fifth edition. Making yeah, it so especially much easier. with studio lore and basically taking the rule book and trying to code it as much into the game as possible to try to get all those weird edge cases to be actual playable in the game. Yeah. Uh, just with their pedigree from the Divinity uh, Original Sin series, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Yeah, very excited for the new Baldur's Gate. I'm I'm gonna I think I'm gonna buy Baldur's Gate one and two on Steam when the the sale comes around in a, another week or two. I assume they'll get down pretty cheap. That seeing that made me want to go back and play them again. Um, so yeah, another one that was on my list. Uh is let me go back over here uh per aspera this is a mars yeah well, mars space builder terraforming game not much yeah. was shown but it looked like it was a lot more uh going from essentially a city builder to like a civ game almost yeah it looks like you play a self-replicating machine and the ai for that machine and you are basically building a colony and then terraforming Mars to make it earth-like, which again, I'm a sucker for all kinds of stuff like that. It just like, you know, hit a whole bunch of buttons that I'm interested in. So, um, not a ton though. Yeah, you're right. Not a ton was really given about it. There was a trailer and a, a short interview, I believe, but it was just like, Oh, you'll have to wait and see as we continue to develop it. Cause it's just got a release date for 2020. So it's at least a year away. But I did find it very interesting. Had to hit my cough button there. <laughs> I wondered about that because you kind of went quiet Paused. for a moment. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the... yeah. Whenever you Shatner, I'm assuming that you have know, something's going down. Yeah. Either I'm coughing or my connection took a huge shit. It's doing all right tonight. I got my, I haven't plugged in my uh, adapter to see if there actually is an issue, but. It's holding up on its own tonight so far, so fingers crossed. But anyways, uh, what else have you got on your list? Okay, how about, well, an odd one if you don't know me all that well, but uh, Planet Zoo sounds interesting, but it also depends on if they go more down the management route or down uh, a pseudo sandbox and make your zoo look pretty route where they go with it, which I don't have a problem with either route, but... Uh, I have to be in a particular mood to be able to enjoy a sandbox a lot more than just a pure management game or a heavier management game. But 
the fact that they're talking about it being like a modern zoo and also talking about conservation probably means that it's not going to sell very well in the South. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> I was not super interested in it, although not for that reason. Well, I also uh, played I Zoo Tycoon back in the day. Yeah. I, I mean, I've played a couple of zoo games, but. Well, there's um, one on the Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, I saw that. But I mean, front. This is Frontier, right? Um, uh, correctly. Don't recall which one it was. I'm gonna have to go look at that now. I didn't make note of that. It is. Let's see, Plant Zoo. Now, oh, yeah, Frontier Developments. So, you know, they've done a couple of zoo games. Yeah, and they've done well, they did, games well, they well, they also did. Part. Well, they did Roller Coaster Tycoons two and three. Yep. Which three was a lot more sandboxy, but yeah, it was still, you know, uh, wasn't full on sandbox like uh, Planet Coaster. But they also did Jurassic World Evolution. Yeah, just looking at this, it looks very familiar. Like they took yeah, that like, engine and reskinned like they it. Took, like look like they took Planet Coaster or Jurassic World Evolution and reskinned it. I definitely agree with that. That's why I had my reservations about it. Yeah, but they also did the original Zoo Tycoon, so you know, right? Yeah, I mean, I I really liked Jurassic Park, but I did have some issues with that game that may or may not be, uh, you know, still a problem if it's more uh, modern zoo as opposed to dinosaurs. But you know, the only way to find out is to give it a shot. So. Uh, another one I had on my list was uh, Telling Lies. Yeah, I, I added a subtitle to that one. Mm-hmm. Telling Lies. The Todd Howard story. Well done. <laughs> uh, um, I can hear I mean, that smile. Uh, yeah, it looks very interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, this is made by the same people who made her story. And it's yes, not... It really is. Uh, they, well, they called it a spiritual sequel. It's not a direct sequel, but it's the yeah. same vein. Where you find, uh, what they said, an NSA or FBI hard drive full of just videos. And it's an open world uh, full motion video game where you uh, watch a video and there's various keywords that you can pick up on that may link to another video. And you kind of build up a story based on that and go through and figure out what happened. And it looks yeah. very interesting. I showed her the download size of this thing. Because they said it was 10 hours of video. Yeah, that would be a decent amount of gigabytes. That, that's assuming, of course, that they do full 1080p. Yeah. Because the way they had it was, it, you know, it's like a, you know, a virtual desktop. So, you know, you're looking at the desktop and you have little windows. So you know, maybe the more important videos, you know, get the full uh, treatment. But it's still going to be a big game. Uh, yeah. Well, well, awesome. it looks like this footage is higher quality than what they used for her story. Because mm-hmm. her story is shot like on a, on a 90s, you know, police camera. So yeah. it's, uh, and they did the VCR treatment to that and all that. Yeah, so it was lower quality, lower resolution, things like that. I think her story is a, still, though, a, a few gigabytes in size, like four or five gigabytes. Um, so... But I mean, this looks like it's going to play out exactly the same in terms of like, here's how you, you know, navigate around and do things. Um, I wonder if they're going to do any interesting stuff with things like the screen reflection, like they did with her story, 
use that to tell a piece of the story or offer you some clues. I don't know. I'm excited. I really liked her story. It was one of my favorite games from a couple of years ago. So um, I'm looking forward to when this comes out. Uh, it's supposed to release late 2019. So we shall see. Uh, what else did you have? Uh, that's about it. I'm uh, purposely skipping things that were either Epic score, store exclusive or timed exclusives because I, uh, yeah, I'll give them time to you know, see if anything happens with them. Yeah. So I had two was, more. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, I was saying that, you know, that things like man eater or, uh, the evolution one ancestor looks really interesting, but they're Epic store exclusive. So, mm. and well, man eater has been shown off or was shown off last year. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't put either of those on either. Yeah, yeah and the Warframe uh, trailer was almost what they showed last year with a few extra shots. Uh, well, not la- well, not at E3. Okay. They showed it at Tenocon last year. Yeah. So a lot of that was reused footage, and it was a teaser for their big reveal in July. Yeah. So one of the, one of the two last two that I had... Uh, I'm really surprised that you didn't put on, actually. It was Genesis Noir. I wasn't sure about that. I mean, it looks really interesting, but no idea what to expect from it. Yeah, I was just like so... I mean, I do like my Noir uh, setting, but it's just weird. I just like, I, I just felt like so much like, huh? From yeah. this? that I was like, I had like, it just... It, it did something unique like it just really stuck out i have no clue what it is at the big bang with some sort of bar yeah i assume that it's using like some kind of metaphor or something to tell a noir detective story or Mm -hmm. you know a metaphor that has to do with a bang and it's like a gun a gunshot for the big bang so um i'm assuming it's gonna be some kind of metaphor but even if it's you know however it goes it looks really intriguing so I, i was in just on that alone and then the last game I have on my list is Chris Tales, which is uh, a JRPG that they were advertising or were like saying things like, oh, this is like the love pain. letter to classic RPGs. Uh, yeah, classic JRPGs. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a 2D uh, thing that's uh, multiple time frames at once, which is just weird. It does have a nice art style, though. Yeah, I-, I found it intriguing, but also the fact that they were like a love letter to JRPGs. I'm like, okay. Sure. I'm in. I like classic JRPGs. I don't think well, there's also classic on, JRPGs now. Well, it also depends on... Well, well, you can't have a classic JRPG nowadays because then it wouldn't be a classic. Well, I mean, I I think you know what I mean. Yeah, you I know. Uh, old school. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the one, uh, the Spaghetti Western where you're escaping the monastery was interesting looking. El Hijo? Uh, but it's a stealth game, so, you know, that was a few points off for me, but I was expecting Clint Eastwood to appear at any moment just with that music. Yeah. And of course, hey, Terraria is getting another final expansion. <laughs> yeah, I was blown away by that. Just like, wow, that game's still getting updates slash expansions. Good for them. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else on my notes or games list for that. So I mean, we pretty much covered uh, PC gaming show almost line item by line item. <laughs> I guess so. Between the two of us, all the new stuff we talked about. So cool. I mean, but I mean, do, I, do we want to cover the things we missed, like Mutant Year Zero, Seed of Evil montage? No, I'm good. 
Um, so let's go on to the next conference then, which is Ubisoft, our, our oh. next last conference this year. Another yeah. one that I thought was a pretty solid entry, just in terms of like the games that they showed off. Um, yeah, I would say were... that. Yeah, I would say that uh, Ubisoft's conference it's uh, punctuated by really two items on this. Three for me, but I think I know which two you're you're going to bring up. Uh, Watch Dogs there and their subscription service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The third one for me is the Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yeah, see, I didn't really care for Ghost Recon, so. Uh, but let's go into Watch Dogs first. Yeah, this was a uh, big uh, let me say, holy shit. conference. Yeah. Uh, assuming, now, here's the big uh, caveat to all this, and uh, calls back, you know, one of our commandments, Trist, but verify, this is an EH, or, uh, yeah, E3 trailer, so take everything you see with a massive grain of salt. But yeah. if they're able to pull off even a half of what they showed off, it is impressive. I will say on the technical side for Watch Dogs, because everyone, you know, very rightly pointed out the major graphical downgrade between the Watch Dogs, the, the, the first Watch Dogs E3 sort of trailer presentation and the final release of the game. But on the technical side, all of the stuff that they had talked about on, from a technical standpoint, like the hacking and all that jazz, all or most of that made it into the game. So, you know, from a, a game mechanic standpoint, they pulled off that stuff. And at the time, it was yeah, like, but oh my God, so many more. things. This feels a lot to me. Oh, this like was the, a, um, a lot more ambitious than what they uh, uh, put forward. in. I would say both the first two Watch Dogs combined. This was like the Nemesis system in a way. Like, uh, that's... I wouldn't say that. Uh, this feels different than that, just because these aren't procedurally generated. These are, at least from if what I'm taking from the... Well, let's talk about what this is first. Right. So, from what we were able to tell in the trailers, there is no primary character outside of an AI. And all the playable characters are essentially recruited NPCs that you gain control of each with their own strengths and weaknesses and have permadeath. So if you die, you lose control of that NPC and they either get captured or die depending on the situation. And then you switch to another one in your roster who is out in the game world doing something else. And you either continue with the mission, you go on a different mission or maybe uh, you go rescue the guy that you just got captured. And it is ambitious as hell. But it also opens up a lot more of a roster of possible play, or, or player, char- playable characters. I mean, they showed a granny uh, hobbling around. with <laughs> Helen. <laughs> Helen was my Helen. favorite. She's a retired yeah. assassin. I would say, I, I, I think, the reason I compared compare this to the Nemesis system is I bet there's a huge chunk of procedural generation behind the scenes. I bet they have seeded the world with all of these procedurally generated people and they have a few that they have sort of handcrafted as like their, you know, their main NPCs or their like, you know, big name. Like core I, I would roster. Ass- yeah, their core roster that like you interact with throughout the main story of the game that will get recruited. And then, you know, what happens with them is kind of dependent upon how you uh, skillfully make it through your, you know, your stuff. But 
you know, I'd say a lot of these people were procedurally generated behind the scenes because that that's what they did with the whole every person has a backstory and you can hack them and find out all their stuff. Like they procedurally generated a lot of that stuff and then went in and backfilled some of the the specifics and the details for the people once they had most of the legwork done with procedural generation. Yeah, but see, that's and, a, a you know a combination of procedural <clears throat> generation and handcrafted that right. uh, feels a lot more realistic whenever they use procedural generation to build a world uh, based on a certain set of rules, and then they uh, go in and uh, handcraft some portions of it or add little touches here or there, which makes it feel a lot more well handcrafted a lot more realistic than you know flat out procedural generations like you'd see in minecraft for example yeah but that's what the nemesis system does too procedurally generating a bunch of stuff behind the scenes they handpicked the initial things and then your actions in the game sort of propel characters forward or eliminate them from the list and they took that even further with the second shadows of war or whichever one was the second one in that series and added a lot more personal story to the orcs anyways that showed up in the nemesis system and they had more key orcs especially since they could join your team so i that like it really struck is like ah someone has taken this nemesis system and figured out a way to do something different with it which i think is wonderful i love the nemesis system and the amount of emergent gameplay it brings in because it makes the game feel much more customized to your actions giving you a more unique playthrough and so this I can imagine like if done well, instead of finding out that it's like the same sort of pool that everyone pulls from for the recruitable folks. Or, or even it's, if it's a, you know, it's the same pool, if they randomize it enough where, you know, there's, uh, well, uh, let's say a dozen different jimmies from the uh, trailer, for example, each with their own backstory and uh, you know, slightly different take on it. Mm hmm. I could, uh, or even their different strengths and weaknesses, because they also talked about that sort of thing. Where uh, uh, one particular person had a uh, 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 extra, well, Jimmy had extra damage versus drones, which was what they were looking for. But and they showed someone else that uh, was sort of a more of a stealth-oriented character that they uh, wanted away notes for later to, you know, go hunt them down later. Which tells yeah. me that that the game is a at least somewhat persistent on who they pull in. Now the question is, you know, is it the same pool for everyone or if it's a, a seated pool from, you know, a larger group is, you know, kind of the, you know, takeaway from this. Yeah. Well, it's a, a very ambitious project. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Cause even if they don't do all of it, but they get maybe like half of it put together or something like that. You know, if even if it's like 50% of what they promised, that's still a really ambitious, interesting thing to shoot for in a game. It's it's very, very neat looking. Plus, I'm a big fan of the Watchdog games. Like, um, I was extremely excited for the first one several years ago, and I, I did genuinely enjoy it. It wasn't everything they said it was going to be. I didn't care quite so much about the graphical downgrade at that point, but... Um, what about looking back at it now? But yeah, but looking back at it, I still really enjoyed it. Um, I like uh, the second one. I've played the second one. I haven't beat it, but I've played the second one. Um, so looking forward to to this as long as it turns out to not be like a huge pile of shit. 
Yeah, the other uh, thing that they uh, risk with not having a set main character is the fact that you'll end up with a character uh, as uh, well in depth as what was it? Adrian Pierce was the first Watch Dogs guy that was always talked about as being Blandy McBland Bland. Yeah. Uh, with uh, really questionable motiva- motivations. So that's the other thing is that, you know, it's going to be a very ambitious project and I'm excited to see what they do with it. Well, and speaking of ambitious projects. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where, the, where are you going with that? <laughs> well, well, I was going to say uh, the price point on uh, their subscription <laughs> uh, thing. Oh boy. Did uh, Ubisoft have a bad time for uh, timing for this announcement? Huh? Yeah. So um, after Microsoft announced their Xbox or their PC, Xbox PC Game Pass thingy mm-hmm. at you know one dollar for the sign up during E3 and five dollars a month after that, Ubisoft was like, "Hey, we've got a subscription service for fifteen dollars a month." And I just went, "Ooh!" <laughs> you do get access to all of their back catalog of games. And yeah, it, every, is a, it is a bit larger catalog, and uh, every every game is a complete edition. That's one ounce or one of the major downsides of the Xbox uh, Game Pass. We are going to have to do a more of a thorough breakdown of that, maybe in the next episode. Maybe I'll be a game we can play. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we can talk about then because we'll have a lot more experience with it. But in uh, the Xbox version, uh, you have the uh, option to buy DLC and add-ons for the games, but you don't own the base game. You're getting the subscription, but you also have the ability to buy at a discount. That's what, like 20% or 10 or 20%, something like that. Um, I think it's always 20% or 20. Let me just go see if I can see it here. Well, I'm, Uh, but you play version. It's always the complete edition. So, if uh, you play uh, Anno, you always get the complete version uh, to pull a Ubisoft game uh, at semi-random. While you go look for that. Uh, uh, at least in the app, all it says is included with Xbox Game Pass. It doesn't actually give me a price. Uh, there is an option to say, uh, uh, buy this game. Oh, here we go. Okay, I actually have to go through the store. That is a... At least on Forza, it's a 10% discount. I mean, it's not a major discount, but it is a discount. State of Decay 2 is 20%. Okay, so it depends on the game, which is going to be fun to try to figure out on a game-by-game basis, but uh, yeah, that is one thing is that uh, you are getting the complete edition for the Uplay, but is that worth a $10 bonus or to the price? I'm not convinced on that one. Well, I mean, um, EA with Origin, their access gold or all access, whatever like the top tier version of theirs is, mm-hmm. is 15 bucks. This is similar to that service. But EA has got a cheaper version. It's like half that. I think it's seven bucks That's a month. That's essentially the Microsoft version. Yeah, which is you get access to all of the games, but it's only like the standard versions of the games. And then there are certain games that 
like come to it later. So, I mean, the Microsoft yeah. one is still best, like still the best deal. And there's yeah, no delay on any of the one. games coming to it, at least based on what they've said. They've said all of their new games or all of their new Microsoft exclusive games are going to come to the Game Pass like day one. I and mean, that's the reason game. to keep it uh, right there and there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Ubisoft uh, Uplay Plus does have one bonus about it is that it's going to be available on Stadia as well. So if you're a traveler, that may be something to look into. But that's starting to rack up the subscription costs because Stadia is 10 bucks a month. Well, they might be doing like a thing where that it's, you know, or some sort of one, a, the other or some sort of bundle. Yeah, I would imagine that. But that's the, still yeah, quite the price per month for you know, mobile gaming, essentially. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would imagine that Google for... would subsidize that, though. Like you buy it through Google and you get the Epic one for maybe like five bucks a month or whatever for a certain amount of time. Like I would totally see Google subsidizing that. Yeah, Google has some sort of subsidy going on where uh, if you get their, essentially their console, the uh, Stadia hardware, they give you three months of their Pro Edition, which uh, is their non-a la carte version, which is something like 10 or 15 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm pulling the ten bucks a month from. By the way, they do have a a la carte version of Stadia where you just buy the game outright, and you know you can play it through Stadia. But there, there's yeah you know, nothing on the subscription model outside of that uh, ten dollar a month uh, tier. So yeah, that's yeah. You know, like I said, Ubisoft announced that on the wrong day. <laughs> yeah, I mean that hurts. I think there's some things that they have that make it competitive, but from like just a price to game sort of value perspective, it seems like the mm. least. But I mean, if you're someone who really likes Ubisoft titles, particularly like the Assassin's Creed series, maybe or Ghost Recon or something like that, or just you know, dance, it, it yeah, or just dance, <laughs> it could be worth it to you. I don't think it's worth it to me. There's not enough Ubisoft games that I'm interested in. Um, Maybe to do it for like one month, kind of like what I did with Anthem, you know, pay the 15 bucks to get access to a game to play it until I beat it or I'm just done with it. And then, you know, not play it again. Every once in a while, that would be worth it. But as a month to month thing, it's not my, you know, my, my best option. Yeah. Yeah. That would be Microsoft, right? (laughs) Yeah. The only other game that I found that stuck out to me during the Ubisoft conference was Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I'm a big fan of the Ghost Recon series. Um, now, admit it. It was the puppy. <laughs> no. No, it was definitely John Bernthal, who was the actor who played Shane on The Walking Dead and who plays The Punisher in Marvel's Netflix, or Netflix Marvel's The Punisher. Or Marvel's Netflix The Punisher. Oh, uh, I, I didn't realize that dog had uh, such a range of talent. So, such a talent. Yeah, I mean, he just laid there uh, in the conference. But, you know, this could be one of those things where it's just like a quick celebrity cameo. But he did come out on stage with a dog and the dog just was a very good boy and who just laid there. And, uh, you know, he talked up the game for a little bit. But the big difference in him and the Keanu Reeves one was like, I mean, he was reading the teleprompter. Yeah, Keanu Reeves Reeves had this uh, awkwardness about him that he was just blown away and there was a couple times that he just awkwardly pointed. Yeah. Uh, was, was Ubisoft the, the guys who had the, the TV show 
Yeah, uh, I was going to mention that in a bit. Um, okay, so I just was going to make a point about how, like, there's a big difference when actors come out on the stage, even reading the teleprompter. Like, you know, I could kind of tell because they showed it that John mm-hmm. was reading the teleprompter. But when actors come out and do it, I mean, you know, they're they're actors, so it makes sense. But it's like a completely different atmosphere on the stage. But anyways, I mean, really, I'm just, I, I like the Ghost Recon series. I've liked the last several Ghost Recon games, even Wildlands, even though I wasn't like the hugest fan of it. I still liked it. So having John Bernthal uh, in this one is just like a, a bonus to me, even if he's just a cameo character, because I'll get to it at some point. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be a nice little thing. So were you yeah, going no. to talk about the TV show now? Well, well, there was a couple other games I had. Uh, uh, well, one other game, and I did have uh, the TV show. But uh, since we have games, uh, Roller Champions looked interesting. Yeah. That was the uh, roller, roller derby, derby mixed with rugby. Uh, and I'm thinking that we're starting to catch up to the uh, dev cycle of the major developers to where Rocket League was uh, either releasing or gaining its um, majority of its popularity. So I'm starting to wonder if we're going to see a lot more of these fantasy sports. I mean, Roller Champions obviously has at least some influence from Rocket League just based on their visual style, you know, a lot of bright lights and a lot of uh, specter about it. Yeah. But it's not Rocket League. I mean, that's the, I, I think that's the, difference between it and some of the games that we've seen kind of jump on the bang, uh, bandwagon or try to release a very quick version like hell even warframe released a pvp uh, uh mode that was essentially oh and now i'm blanking the name of the sport it's the south american one that has the giant ass hook on it uh, on your arm i you don't, don't know but you know what i'm talking about right uh no actually i don't know what you're talking about oh i'm gonna have to go look at this uh look this up i would be okay with more fantasy sports titles though i mean rocket league is awesome i love it um roller uh, derby honestly kind of feels like a fantasy sports anyways even though i know roller derby is real so this kind of feels like a natural extension of roller derby anyways but uh, it, it heart, looks heart area it's meets mary festival it's all right here. I'm going to, have to link this to you uh, and you'll, you look at this and you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, incoming link from Wikipedia. Okay. Oh, I have seen this before. Uh, yeah. Uh, popular sport within Latin America and the Philippines for some reason. Cool. But but yeah, it has sort of that feel about it with the uh, how they were passing uh, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I get that. With uh, a little bit of uh, basketball as well, with dunking through the hoop. So from the look of it, there was a demo that released that I didn't get a chance to play because I was busy with sports. So uh, that uh, you go around the rink three times. It's like this IndyCar uh, track. Yeah, very narrow uh, oval. Mm-hmm. Go around it three times, and you can essentially dunk it to score a point. And it's a what was it three v three? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it looked it looked very interesting actually. And, you know, a very exaggerated art style, a lot of uh, flashing lights, a lot of uh, uh, you know, 
pizzazz to it, I think would be the best way to put it. So, yeah, uh, I do think, uh, well, what you mentioned uh, actually is a note I had was that I wonder if we will see more fantasy sports games as uh, the development cycle catches up to Rocket League. I hope Which so. I don't have any problems with. I, I think Rocket League needs to be challenged at this point. Because it's kind of just, you know, sat there for quite a while. They released some game modes, but it's always been, you know, the base game mode is the, you know, the meat and potatoes. Yeah. So the other one is essentially game dev meets the office with Mythic Quest Raven's Bayquint, which honestly felt a little cringy which I'm not sure was in a good or bad way. I think, I think it that really was the point. Down, yeah, I think it comes down to just how the trailer comes out. Uh, yeah, I think that's how the trailer played. Um, I didn't laugh, but I would be willing to give it a shot. Yeah, I, I, I have a listed that I'll give it a shot if and when it comes to Netflix, because it's supposed to be Apple TV, you said? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't recall them even saying where the hell it was coming out at. Yeah, they said it right at the very end, like premiering on Apple TV or something like that. Because that's where everybody's going to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, wasn't there another uh, or another show that was uh, working in conjunction with Netflix? Uh, hang on. Uh, um, I don't remember that. Uh, the Division 2. Oh, no, they're doing a movie. Yeah, well, movie. Well, same idea, though. Uh, a movie based on The Division uh, made with Netflix, which is a little troublesome, uh, um, a Netflix in-house thing because their stuff has been hit or miss. But, you know, eh, right? Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, it, if it, you know, it'll be on Netflix, I'll watch it. Definitely yeah. watch it. I do have I've to say that the of- cringy uh, Twitch streamer montage at the beginning of that didn't put me in a good mood for it. But no, then the cat either. t-shirt, uh, or the cat skull t-shirt, uh, kind of pulled me back, you know. Yeah. Um, they did uh, several live-action like commercials for the division. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was just the division one, but they were really well done. So, I uh, would be interested in seeing that, you know, more long form. Trying to think, I don't think there's anything else that really stuck out to me during Ubisoft either. I almost uh, forgot about the TV shows, but yeah, let's then see. And I remembered. Uh, let's yeah. see, new uh, expansion for Rainbow Six Siege. Just uh, Dance is sad. Yeah, yeah, that even that was scaled back. It wasn't even. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! It, it wasn't even that fabulous. I mean, they only had one furry this year. I mean, at least they let them inside this year. Last year they were banished to an alley. Yeah. But it just seems so subdued. There was the Brawlhalla Adventure Time crossover, yeah, like yeah, the that's character thing. Up, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, uh, For DLC Honor, for uh, Honor. Uh, yeah, uh, Rainbow Six Siege Quarantine. Uh, that, that looked interesting—a three v uh, a three-player uh, PVE uh, co-op game, yeah. a tactical shooter. They uh, essentially were saying that they wanted to be the PVE version of Rainbow Six Siege which I'm not sure how that would work exactly because a lot of uh, Rainbow Six Siege is the player interaction and using the different game mechanics. Well, you could still do that involving zombies. You know, the yeah, stuff but it's going to be like... a lot harder to yeah, pull off uh, yeah, decently. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'd be interested in playing it, but I don't have Rainbow Six Siege, so 
I thought it was free to play. Or the base game. Uh, I don't know if this will be free to play. I don't remember. Well, I was talking about uh, I was talking about Rainbow Six Siege. Well, yeah, but this is isn't this the the expansion for Rainbow Six Siege though? So Uh, no, this is completely different. Oh, it's it's like a spinoff. It's a spinoff. Oh, okay. I thought it was an expansion for Rainbow Six Siege. No, my mistake. No, it's a it's from the well, it's going to be the same problem that when we hit Square Enix, Uh, you hit like the same title over and over again. There were so many Tom Clancy's uh, in the Ubisoft conference that I just stopped, uh, you know, uh, listing Tom Clancy's at some point. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Rainbow Six Quarantine is a separate game from the sounds of it, at least. Uh, let's see, you play Plus Roller Champions and Gods and Monsters. Right, uh, it had a nice art style based on mythology, but not much shown. And that is it for the Ubisoft conference. So once again, a lot really uh, focused on Watch Dogs, with a little bit focused on you play uh, uh, play plus, and then it was pretty much just a montage of different uh, games. Not a bad thing uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, yeah. So that just leaves Square Enix left. Yep, uh, which my morbid curiosity finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> because the last couple of years, I've been wanting to know what the hell they're doing with Final Fantasy VII. I don't have a huge attachment to it as some people do. But it's more of, okay, what are you going to do with this? Because they've uh, in the past couple of years, they stopped calling it a, a remaster and started calling it a remake. And at one point, they completely rebooted the uh, development of it and changed developers, didn't they? And uh, and still published, but it's uh, uh, still in house, but it was a different uh, team that uh, traded off. So they finally revealed some gameplay of it and also more of the graphics as well. But damn, right? Uh, you saw, you uh, f- finally got around to seeing it, right? Yeah, I did. Um... I was rather impressed with it, with how they were kind of burying three different Final Fantasy battle systems and trying to you know, still pay homage to Final Fantasy VII while modernizing it. Yeah, um, I, I thought it looked really good. Um, you know, I've played Final Fantasy XV, and it feels feels like they've made some, you know, they, they've taken the most from that and then tried to work in some more of the classic Final Fantasy combat mechanics into the modern system. It looks like it's going to handle pretty well. You know, obviously won't know for sure until you know get a chance to play it or at least see it in action um but it looks like a really good compromise between older style game mechanics and then using their more modern systems especially it, uh showing it off with a, a rather well-known boss uh, without having the boss just kind of stand there and trading blows makes it feel a lot more modern yeah and then graphically, it looks great. Um, I would assume... Well, no, I'm not going to assume that. I was about to say, I would assume it's on the same engine or a version of the Final Fantasy 15 engine, but it did change developers and they restarted it, so or had to restart development once. So I have no idea. It would make yeah, sense it's tough to if say. they used that engine, but it's hard to say. 
And hey, they finally allowed Barrett to cuss. Yeah, <laughs> they did. <laughs> because back in uh, the original Final Fantasy VII, there was a lot of uh, exclamation point hashtag <laughs> uh, as he uh, cussed. So, ooh, I just t- thought of something. Sid Howwin's going to be a lot of fun to be around now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we haven't seen him yet. No, we have not. Uh, there was uh, quite the reaction whenever they finally showed off Tifa. Yeah, they were very, the audience was very excited about that. And I was like, okay, I mean, Tifa's cool, but she wasn't that cool, was she? No, well, let's be honest. There's a p- very particular reason why people were excited to see what Tifa looked like. And it involves sh- a certain well, rule. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a, a pair of particular reasons, I would assume. But. I mean, it looked good. I wasn't really interested in it at all, honestly, until seeing this. Like I said, it was a more of a morbid curiosity than anything else. Just, you know, uh, wanting to see what they were doing with it. And they pretty much said that uh, they're also expanding the storyline quite a bit, which, to be fair, Final Fantasy VII did have its plot holes and it had its head scratchers. And they were talking about the first game uh, in this sort of series. Um which makes it sound like they're going to release it like Final Fantasy 13 full games uh, in a sequence that the overall games make up the entire story. Two Blu-rays, and it's just going to be the Midgar section, so not even all of Disc 1. Yeah. So they're really expanding the story, which isn't a bad thing per se, but it's also going to be, you know, how are they going to keep up the pacing? Yeah. I suppose we'll see, you know, when it comes out. Yeah, because if I recall correctly, you only spent, you know, well, only uh, like four or five hours in Midgar originally, the the first city. Then it kind of goes open world for quite a while. But it also makes me wonder if they're going to cut out some of the uh, little side adventures that didn't really pan out for the main story. And if they're going to more laser focus it, especially once they get to the second game where, it's going to be, I'm assuming, the more open world. Yeah, you know, still morbid curiosity, but there's going to be, a, you know, something. Hey, a game exists. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, speaking of Final Fantasy, uh, remasters for Final Fantasy VIII and, well, not Final Fantasy, but The Last Remnant is in the works. Which I'm excited for both of those. I mean, we've had a couple of discussions about Final Fantasy on here. Eight is my favorite of the Final Fantasies. And then I love the the last remnant. I was actually thinking about replaying it this year at some point, but yeah, I might just I, wait for the I, the remaster. I wanted to like the last remnant a lot more than I did, but I also got very frustrated with it with its battle system because it didn't explain a damn thing, and it felt like I was more rolling dice and uh, you know than any sort of strategy in my battles. Yeah, and I, I gotta say that. Final Fantasy VIII, it looked pretty much the same. I thought they were going to announce a mobile port at first. It didn't look that different to me. And The Last Remnant isn't that old, is it? So what are they going to do with that outside of just upscaling? Uh, I think The Last Remnant's over 10 years old at this point. Yeah, but it still looks pretty damn good. The Last Remnant. Maybe it's just Last Remnant instead of The Last. Uh, 2008, so it's 11 years old. Is that the PC version or the Xbox version? Because the Xbox oh. version came out first. 
That is, I believe, the Xbox version. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Xbox 360, November 20th, 2008. So, yeah, 11 years old. Yeah, but if they base it on the PC version. I mean, the PC version looked pretty damn good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they could, would do with it. Unless they... Well, <clears throat> uh, looking at the... Uh, Wikipedia, maybe they'll shore up some of the technical difficulties because they talked about the 360 version having uh, slow frame rate and texture pop in uh, uh, on the uh, Xbox version. So maybe it's technical issues. If, if they could, uh, str- well, not streamline, but explain some of the combat mechanics, that would be nice. Yeah, some better in game tutorials or information would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever no. I'm looking up information and people are guessing at what's going on, that's not a good sign. <laughs> and I guess the <clears throat> other big one for me uh, is the Avengers. Or do you want to save that to last? Um, let me just make sure there's nothing else. I, I've, I've navigated away from my sheet trying to look up some stuff on the last remnant. Let me go back and check my sheet just to make sure. Uh, Crystal Chronicles remastered was pretty yeah. pretty neat. Yeah, smartphone smart port. Yeah, smart which Crystal Chronicles was, I believe, just a Game Boy Advance game, so that kind of makes sense. They would they would port it to to and, smart devices. Yeah, they had a couple games on here that felt like were ads for games that were already out because they brought up um, Octopath Octopath Traveler, which it's already out on Steam, isn't it? They brought up Life is Strange Two, which has been out for quite a while. I thought Octopath Traveler was just on Switch. Up no, until it's this point. Pretty sure it's already out on Steam, or they already they announced it ages ago. Release date June seventh, two thousand nineteen, on Steam. Okay, so it was out for a few days. So it was a ad for a game that just released. I knew it yeah. was already out, but I thought it was out earlier. But obviously, you didn't know about it at all. So I guess well, the I didn't ad, know it was uh, on Switch. I didn't know Octopath was on, uh, or had come to Steam. Uh, they had Kingdom Hearts 3, which I don't care about. Oh, no, it's a DLC. Don't forget, DLC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, last Outriders week. looked neat, but there was just like a cinematic trailer for that, so we don't really know. Yeah, lots of shooting, scary-looking people, but no idea what's going on. Uh, they yeah. need to wash their faces, though. <laughs> they do need to do that. But it's the post-apocalypse, so I'll cut them some slack. And it sounded like custom characters with a lot of creepy monsters. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, that's that's really everything. The Avengers is the only other thing I, I have on here after Outriders. So if you don't have anything else, we can go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, my entire uh, thing. And yeah, uh, it's another one of those that there's a lot of little things like Circuit Superstars, which is a vroom racing game top down though. So yeah, something that is a little bit different and it's supposed to be across several eras of motorsport, uh, a expansion to final fantasy 14 that it's their third expansion, new classes, not much to talk about because it was all lore based and I had no idea what the hell was going on. Uh, let, uh, saga legend of the Scarlet was interesting. Actually, it was a, it's a re- upcoming release of a game that hasn't been, uh, released in the West. It looks like an NES slash Game Boy era game and has a lot of player choice in it, if the trailer is to be believed. 
like I said, it looked interesting. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, they kind of front ended in uh, uh, then uh, but well, they bookended it with the Avengers, a third person action game. Which I have to say, maybe it's just maybe, uh, yeah, being a little bit facetious here, but it feels a little bit off not hearing the Marvel cast. You know, is it is it only me? No, it's weird. But not only is it not the the MCU Marvel cast, which I could understand they couldn't get those guys, but they didn't use the voice actors from the animated series either. Yeah, well, they had to get Nolan North and Troy Baker. Oh, yeah. Of course they had to get those instead of uh, going with the actual iconic voices for those characters. They had a pretty big pool to pick from between the MCU uh, and several iterations of the animated series. But no, I mean, I understand them not wanting to connect themselves with the Marvel storyline because it, for people like me that haven't followed it and it you know, it sounds interesting, but you know, I don't want to sit through 20 movies and that's not too far off from the actual number now. Uh, yeah, it's 19 or 20. But I, it's I'm okay with them not following the the storyline of the movies. I don't care about that. That's fine. Um, actually, I prefer that it tells something new or different or borrows from material that we haven't seen, or just goes screen. back to the comics and uh, doing something uh, from there that has been adapted. Yeah, but yeah, it's it annoying feels... that they didn't use any of the voice talent that is recognizable for those characters. Yeah, it just felt so off. And I know that's a, a bit of a nitpick because, yeah, Nolan North has been pretty much everything. No, I, I doubt that you and I are the only two people feeling that. I would say that most fans of the Marvel animated series would be a little bit or are going to be in my camp of like, but why? Why didn't you? <laughs> because they've been in the other Marvel properties. The Lego Marvel games have had all of the animated series voice actors. Um, The... Marvel versus Capcom games have used the voice actors from from the animated series. Uh, there's been a couple other games as well that have had them, like the uh, the X Men ones or no, what was it? Marvel Alliance, whatever that game was called. It was like sort of the top down one. There were several of them in a series. They all used the actors from the animated series, the voice actors. So it feels weird. It, it feels really weird. To not hear their voices. I actually have some reservations about the game. It looked really neat. Like I was on board for a while. And then they get towards the end. And it's like. And it's best enjoyed when you play with your friends. And I'm like ah fuck. Oh I didn't catch that. So They didn't outright say it was going to be a live service. But they're like we have content planned for this game for years. And I'm like shit. Well they also said that it's going to be free. The uh, new areas and new characters. So that makes me think cosmetic DLC is going to be a thing. Yeah. Which depending on how they handle that. It could be good or it could be bad. But they specifically said that no pay to win. Which uh, the fact that they have to. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this is modern gaming for you. Uh, no loot boxes or pay to win mechanics. Uh, is what they specifically said on the stage. Uh, it's going to release everywhere but the Switch and Xbox, essentially, with uh, PS4 getting an early beta and unique things that people clap for, like the rubes that they are. Uh, but they didn't detail what the unique things are. I'm I'm assuming cosmetic stuff. Yeah, probably. But yeah, the fact that they said every new superhero in region will be free DLC makes me think that they're going to you know, lean heavily on uh, uh, cosmetic DLC. Yeah. 
Which... Oh, shit. Sorry, breaking news. The big news I can now share about Cyberpunk is that Keanu Reeves, is, or Keanu isn't some random cameo. He's your sidekick for the entire, in all caps, game, and he lives inside your head. <laughs> well, uh, that's pretty much uh, all gamers uh, in, well, at least uh, everyone in that audience as soon as they saw Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So apparently that was uh, a released statement earlier today. So, uh, see, so yeah, I didn't watch any of the Keanu Reeves uh, interviews. I, honestly, it, it, I had reservations on it just because people were going too nuts about it that it just, you know, kind of backed away. Looks like Nolan North's actually done a lot of D- DC voice acting. Maybe that's why it also feels a little weird. Yeah. Hey, he played Superman. <laughs> Woo. Uh, but yeah, it's just. Hearing the uh, the uh, the you know, kind of the off-brand Avengers, it just sounded so odd. But yeah, having a co-op focused, I mean, that's not a bad thing per se, but it's you know, going to be a lot harder sell. Yeah, and they've already said that you know uh, that uh, you know you can't use multiple of the same hero because of course not, right? I mean, that's kind of common sense, but the fact that they have to say that, eh, right? But that's happened so many times in the comics. Multiple <laughs> of the same hero. And it's always there from a different universe. Or this one was actually a robot or a clone. But whatever. Like super, the realm of superheroes, you can basically just do anything and it's okay. But whatevs. I'm not bitter about this. <laughs> wow. Uh, someone's hung out with me way too much. I was really excited until the very end. And they're like, ah, and yes, it's best played in multiplayer where your friends can join you. So you're not going this alone. And I'm like, well, shit. I just wanted to go (laughs) solo or have AI companions. And then they're like, we have content planned for this game for years to come. And I'm like, ah, live service. Fuck. (laughs) But there's no other Marvel game in town that can compete on this level. Probably the next best Marvel properties are the Lego games. And they're great, don't get me wrong, but it's not sort of the adult-level Marvel content. So, I mean, I'm I'm torn on this one. Obviously, I'm just going to wait until it comes out and go from there, but... Yeah, because, yeah, that's how you should anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it looks like it's, uh, well, when the developer was kind of leaked about the Avengers, uh, it kind of set the tone to me that it it was going to be a very Tomb uh, Raider-esque adventure, you know, larger than life with uh, more set piece uh, gameplay than anything else. And the trailer pretty much confirmed what I felt like it was going to be, that it's very level generated. It's very... Uh, corridor for lack of a better term but not quite but I also imagine it really depends on which heroes you're playing as yeah but it's it's going to be a little weird to not uh, to bump into visible walls with iron man isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah it will because, be. or have some sort of oddball limitations Maybe this is why superhero games are so difficult is that, you know, they have to be so much larger than life, but video games are already, you know, larger than life that they feel kind of mundane. 
yeah whatever you put them in the same context that's fair and i i can't really think of any superhero games honestly as well that make you feel like a superhero there are certainly superhero Saints games that are good yeah but that's uh, not... but you're not a hero <laughs> yeah i mean uh sanctuary 4 is like the best superhero game i've played uh, and it's not a superhero game it's not even a good Saints Row game because it yeah, pretty much drops everything that made it, you know, the GTA parody that it was. Yeah. Or or I should say it became because the Saints Row series started off as a pretty, you know, uh, mundane clone of the GTA series. And then around, you know, the the late development of, G, of uh, sorry, of, of uh, Saints Row 2 when GTA 4 started to get real serious. They just uh, started taking drugs and they never stopped. <laughs> but even things like uh, prototype, you know, you're not a hero, you're an anti-hero or a villain, depending on how you want to take a look at it. And what was the electricity-based one that came out around the same time as uh, prototype? Uh, I don't know. Uh, like, I think I know it in my head, but I can't, like, remember it. If that makes sense, like... Yeah, I'm blanking what the other one is, but it's the same idea where you're some sort of infamous. Infamous is what I was looking for. Uh, where you're sort of an anti-hero. You have superpowers, but you're not a hero. Yeah. That was the PlayStation exclusive, right? Uh, Yeah. PlayStation 3 exclusive. That's something that they should port at some point. <laughs> Epic Store exclusive. Never mind. I take it. I take my wish back. Um. So yeah, that's. I don't. I don't really have any more thoughts about the that conference, Square Enix. Uh. Well. Uh. Since you know the Marvel universe a lot more, uh. Not counting the uh. Uh. uh Guardians of the Galaxy. Who would you want to bring into the Avengers game eventually? Well, they showed Hank Pym, who is Ant Man. Hang on, cough. Anyways, they showed Hank Pym, who was Ant Man. Yeah, I cool. saw the shrink, uh, the shrink ray, so I assumed uh, Ant Man, but I didn't know the character. So, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I know you said you know aside from them. Yeah, because that's kind of the obvious awesome. choice with how popular they've gotten. Yeah. Um, hmm. If they could get X Men characters in, I'd like to yeah, see some X Men yeah, characters. That's tough, well, that's a tough sale, though. With the uh, you know. Uh, licensing yeah that's the downside uh, of licensing is that you know uh, you can think of all these awesome things but then the lawyers get in to do it i'd like to see hellcat hellcat's fun i'd like to see some of the more off the wall stuff honestly like hellcat or Dane damon is it damon um he's say he's actual satan's son who is uh like trying to be a superhero um, and then Hellcat, she gets her name because, like, she goes to hell at one point and then comes back. Um, I mean, there's a lot more to her, but that's... So, in other words, you want some of the more off-the-wall stuff, like, well, in the DC universe, something like Star. Yeah. I, just some of those sort of, not necessarily lower-level heroes, because Hellcat was an Avenger. Um, and... Uh, Oh, I'd love to see some of the stuff that the comics do with like different people in the roles. So, for example, Lady Hawkeye, that's not her name, but she's Lady Hawkeye. 
or Kid Wolverine would be fun. Um, or the gender flipped Thor would be an interesting take to see in, in an on-screen representation. Those would be fun. Um, Silver Surfer would be cool. Um, I mean, yeah, he really sucks in the movies, but he's an awesome character in the comics. Yeah, especially in the Fantastic Four movies. Yeah. I um, mean, Silver Surfer starts off as a bad guy, but then he becomes a good guy. Well, I was, no, I was going to say he's going to be a lot tougher to handle uh, in, a, in a video game than even the, <laughs> uh, the uh, superheroes, because isn't he like uh, some sort of cosmic force? Um, he is the Herald of Galactus. So he's not a cosmic force. He's powered by a cosmic force and he's extremely powerful, but he's not like God tier. He's nowhere near as strong as uh, Wanda, who is uh, Scarlet Witch or Vision. She's nowhere or he's he's nowhere near as strong as those two or even Doctor Strange. He's not as powerful as Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, though, would be a good one. Although Doctor Strange and and the problem with those characters, especially in video games, because in comics or or movies, you can kind of write scenarios where that their extreme powers make sense. But if they show up in a video game, they can just like snap their fingers and everything's better because both of them have the power to reshape reality. So unless they're fighting Galactus, like their powers are just overkill, like they can solve every problem with just a snap of their fingers, basically. Vision can do that, too. That's why they're, I mean, they're depowered in the movies, because it wouldn't make sense if they could just win everything immediately. Captain Marvel would be fun, but not the new Captain Marvel, the old one, when it's Marvel. <laughs> um, Just because that would be silly. Like, nothing against new Captain Marvel. She's pretty cool. But Marvel would just be, like, really silly to have involved. Yeah, looking at I, uh, oh, I brought up the list of Avengers members, uh, and well, I, I was going to say since they're having Iron Man in, while well, they bring War Machine in, yeah, War Machine would be good. I feel like that's too obvious though. Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Girl's the best. <laughs> there's, I think, there's been rumors of a Squirrel Girl TV show, but Squirrel Girl is like secretly the most powerful Avenger. She's very cool. She kills Thanos in the comics. In, in one iteration of the Thanos story, she kills him. She's like, she's like murders him like immediately. <laughs> like he's like kicked the ass of everyone and Squirrel Girl shows up. And he's like, oh, what the fuck are you going to do, little girl? He doesn't quite say it like that. But basically, he's like taunting her and she just murders him in one <laughs> kind of almost kind of one punch man style. I was going to say Sidema uh, with boobs. Yeah. And she's like, do, 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 do. And she like wanders off after she's killed him. And there's like a, you know, some cosmic entities that are watching the battle. And they're like, holy fuck, where did she come from? But anyways. I I could go on, but I will stop. Spider-Man? Spider-Man would be fun, but, I, you know, again, licensing. Or one of, the, one of the different versions then. Because you have so many uh, different flavors of Spider-Man. Oh, uh, hang on. Did I just see what I think I saw? I thought I saw Venom Spider-Man on here. Or uh, Carnage Spider-Man, but I scrolled past it. But I, I would assume that for their updating their roster, they would go with sort of the more well-known Marvel characters at this point. So Ant-Man, 
uh, war machine. The boring basically ones. Anybody, yeah. <laughs> basically anybody that you see in the movies or on the, the TV shows would be who they would go for first because they're more recognizable in the public eye. And then later they might bring in some of the sort of the B and C team heroes by, I guess, modern standards. Because most mm-hmm. of what Marvel had left over when they started the MCU with their their C team, you know, people that nobody cared about anymore. So yeah, I mean that's how Robert Downey Jr. got to be Iron Man was that you know it was a throwaway, right? Well, um, that and uh, and the and the director vouched for him. Yeah, I, actually, I think they actively sought Robert Downey Jr. out. He wasn't their first pick, but after their first couple of people turned down the role. Um, when Robert Downey Jr. showed up wanting it, they were like, you know what? I think he can yes. do it. <laughs> and at the time, Robert Downey Jr. was coming out of rehab after he'd been on a huge cocaine bender. Yeah, didn't he wake up in a Burger King drive through and realize, yo, my life is going out of control. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've heard several stories about how he actually wound up in rehab that last time. So... I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, he did basically have a, uh, you know, um, his moment of clarity and he went to rehab and got clean and turned his life around. And now he's motherfucking Iron Man, like the most highly paid actor on the planet. Yeah. Think of all the cocaine you could buy now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. A lot of it. That that actually got more than a laugh than I thought it would. But, uh, Oh, we ended up going down the rabbit hole pretty big on that one. Indeed. So let's come out of the rabbit hole. That's the last conference we're going to cover. Um, like we said earlier, Nintendo with their odd direct things and the fact that we're not really... Constantly... Yeah, we already covered uh, Devolver Direct, so we don't need to do more direct stuff. <laughs> <laughs> True. So um, overall thoughts, just a few sort of general wrap-up thoughts. And then uh, who did you think was the best conference? I think we can both agree that the worst conference was Bethesda. Yeah, the, I mean, there's no question Bethesda had the worst conference. I mean, even uh, if you put aside all the Fallout shenanigans, which, or I should say all the Fallout from Fallout. Eh, eh, uh, okay. Uh, they only had really one highlight and everything else was them trying to essentially suck up to everyone uh, for lack of a better term, but honestly it feels about uh, appropriate for it. They did the, you know, the whole fake humble, you know, Oh, oh no, we're, we're people. I'm shocked. You're still here. Oh, fuck you, Todd Howard. Yeah. No, I, no, on second thought. No, because fucking Todd Howard you'll end up with some sort of pug. <laughs> or millions of bugs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, best conference. That's a actually a tough one because there wasn't really any standout. Um, For me, it's it comes down to two. Uh, the first uh, yeah, being... I would say the same. Uh, it comes down to two. I would say Ubisoft for the Watch Dogs uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. and Microsoft for just content. Yeah, Microsoft for just the sheer volume of like thumbs-up content for, for me, and then Devolver for just how fun their conference well, is. 
Well, I didn't really consider Devolver just because it's more of parody of. And there was a lot of content, but sure, let's give it to Devolver again this year. I mean, they <laughs> they got it last year. Yeah. Um, you know, if I had to pick someone else other than Devolver. Um, Probably Microsoft. Well, no, I mean, I said Microsoft already. But, you know, if if I have to pick Microsoft and someone other than Devolver, I'd probably say Ubisoft as well. Just because Watch Dogs is so damn interesting. You know, they, they've got my attention with that. So, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, it's an ambitious project. I hope it pays off. But I can see so many uh, ways it could go wrong. But I'm hoping that they've spent a lot of time working on this that uh, to show off something this ambitious. Because have we seen a game that tried to do anything like this? I can't think of anything like this. Trying to uh, build a resistance force of just complete random people and have really no central character. Outside of, like I said, the AI before, I'm I've come up blank trying to think of anything even similar. Yeah, I I can't think of one anywhere else. Yeah, there's always been you know that central linchpin, and even if you did have a large roster of, of playable characters, either they didn't really have a lot to say, or they didn't really make an impact in the story, or you know cutscenes would ignore them, which they said you know all the cutscenes are dynamic depending on uh, the characters that you bring in. Uh, which will be hilarious to see the granny with the gun. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, having uh, hopefully the characters fleshed out enough where they still have that suspension of disbelief that, yeah, you know, th- these aren't all just randomly generated characters with, uh, you know, the same handful of voice actors. That's the other thing is that, oh, there's going to be so many uh, uh, different voice actors in this. There has to be. This, you can't Bethesda this. You can't have you know, the you know six actors and then Nolan North. <laughs> yeah, they might try. They might. I hope try. not. I mean, I I really hope that Watch Dogs uh, Legion to uh, uh, Legion, which yo know, appropriate name as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say uh, Devolver just for fun, and then Microsoft for content. Same. Hey, we agreed. Woo. We agreed all the way across the board. We both thought Bethesda sucked the most. Granted, that one's usually pretty easy for us to agree on which one's the shittiest. <laughs> and, and usually we, it's been Bethesda. <laughs> Bethesda or EA. Yeah. I and mean, then, uh, Bethesda, you know, kind of lost their competition this year. Yeah. Oh, wait. EA had the best conference. By technically not having one? Yes. <laughs> I can get behind that. But um, yeah, we agreed all the way across the board. That's cool. We are becoming one. We are Legion. <laughs> Woo! And of course, uh, well, I just checked my phone and hey, Gartaku is uh, throwing a fit about uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Dare I ask why? Uh, let's see. Da-da-da. Artist says controversial in game image is. Commentary on corporations. Supposedly some sort of transphobic thing. According to Kotaku or Polygon or you know, the extreme left. I see. Because uh, 
that, that is one thing. And I realize we're off base, but what the hell is that? Okay. Uh, we demand more trans people. Okay. You showed a trans person being a bad person. You're transphobic. You can't have it both ways, right? Yeah. You just can't win. Nope. I mean, Not trans characters are still characters, which can have good traits, negative traits, can be good, can be evil. A person's gender and or sexuality should not be their solely defining trait. It's it's bad storytelling to always... It, it's bad storytelling to always make them the villain. It's also bad storytelling to always make them the hero. You know, it can be a compelling, interesting part of either a hero or a villain story. Their, their gender, their sexuality, their transness, and that oh, can relate the- towards... Okay, okay. Hero or villain? Trait. Are you uh, uh, still on Steam? Uh, yeah. I I need to send you this. I'm going to send it from my phone. Hopefully, Let's see opening crown. Because I, I want you to see the image. All right. Okay. Because this is one of those things, and I realize we're completely off base. Technically, this is still E3 though, so we're not completely. So I'm loading up Steam chat. Come on. Oh, really? Fine then, Discord. Just because I didn't have Discord loaded. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, I realize hell of a long URL, but it should hopefully link directly to the image. Or not. Uh, but second image. Really? <laughs> right? Um, what's the issue here? Uh, Hang on, let me. Just a quick perusal. So, you know what? That feels a hundred percent real, though. I feel like that uh, corporations would do that. They would absolutely use trans imagery with a a product that is meant to be consumed by like mixing it up. Uh, from what I could tell is that there's 16 different flavors live to mix. So it's some sort of chromosome changer and that makes it transphobic or whatever the hell they're talking about. No, whoever thinks it's transphobic is just wrong. I'm sorry, but this is absolutely, yeah, this is totally a commentary on corporate culture. Cause I could see, uh, I'm sorry. I opened up my phone and I saw this. this and I, I just kind of just sat there for a moment. I mean, we have seen it. We have seen this type of advertising a lot here recently. Just replace the stuff that they have been advertising with a trans person and a product that a trans person could be like a representation of. Like, this doesn't feel like commentary on it. This just feels like a copy of a form of corporate culture and advertising. Like, you have to really be trying to be offended by this, I think. Well, it is Gotaku, so. So, there you go, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. The comments. Uh, seeing uh, the author in the comments, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So, that's E3 2019. And, hey, some of the stupid bullshit as well. Fairly underwhelming. Some good stuff. I mean, it wasn't all 
bad. Yeah, it definitely wasn't as exciting. Like I said, whenever we talked about this, I believe off air, is that uh, mediocre with a few gems here or there. And hey, there was one on the show floor that sent us uh, images on Discord as well. Yeah. Yes, he did. Um, I don't. I don't have anything else for tonight. And I'm looking at the clock, and it's about that time. Well, I'm sitting uh, here waiting. Would you like to hit him with the socials, Rage? Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on the YouTubes, Came with Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, where I tweeted a lot this week. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Uh, gaming with CR, and maybe someday I'll return to Twitch, twitch.tv slash caffeine underscore rage. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist. You can follow me on Twitter at JMA4707. I'm a friend on Steam at JArthur4707. And if you wish to let them know exactly what is episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week was guessed by Jared, and it is underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, underwhelming. I actually put that at the beginning of the episode, and you guessed it. But then again, it's not exactly a tough one to guess this one, uh, time around, is it? Nope. But if you uh, guess what is coming up next, well, you uh, guessed correctly. Yeah, once again, our email address, since we didn't give it uh, before, uh, yeah. Uh, VGO podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming related topics, or you can just tweet them to us at VGL podcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons have helped pay for this rather long discussion, actually longer than we thought it would be. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash VGL podcast. And they've also paid for our Podbean account. VGL podcast.podbean.com, which hosts the show notes. Links to Discord, so if you wish to see Jim flipping off Fortnite, you can see it there, and also the wall that he climbed. Or you can just find us on iTunes, Google Play, and also our Podbean has links to all our media if you missed where we are. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod. Actually, is it this week? <laughs> Maybe a different one. Uh, but it's still by Kevin McLeod, so you can find his yeah. work at incompetech.com and... As always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. Uh, see you next time.